Well, hello everybody and welcome to the season 2 premiere of Helicator the Age of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. This is your podcast for everything Marvel's Age of S.H.I.E.L.D., Marvel's Agent Carter, and Marvel Entertainment, and MCU, and so on. And yeah, we're feeling marvelous. So, to talk about all those things. So, welcome. I'm your host, Andrew Bye. If this is your first time joining us on the Helicator, welcome. Do not spill that Coke on, on, on the floor. Just wash the whole thing. And um, with me is my the, what my beautiful, wonderful co-host Nikki Amy. Hello. Hello. And with us this week, um, Dan sadly couldn't make it because he's feeling a little bit under the weather, sadly. But but he said he really loved the episode. Uh, so therefore, uh, we're bringing a little guest host today. Uh, he's a writer of Unleashed a Fanboy and Culture, and he is Adam Hull. So Adam, welcome to the Helicarrier. Hello, everyone. Andy, thanks for having me. Andy and Nikki. Andy and Nikki. Thank mm. you both for yeah. having me. You just got demoted to level one. But uh, <laughs> we're so happy to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, finally, it's finally here. Uh, the season two of the podcast. And we're so excited to bring you guys new episodes of our beloved Age of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. As well as Aiden Carter when it starts in, in January. And, uh, yeah, before we get to the, um, the discussion of the actual episode, we're going to go through some S.H.I.E.L.D. news, as we always do. And um, <laughs> this one is a, a little bit tough for us, uh, because just a couple of minutes ago, maybe an hour ago, Entertainment Weekly, they released the first look at Adrian Palicki as Bobby Morris in S.H.I.E.L.D. And, um, well, here's the thing. She's not blonde. That's one thing. Even though I saw an image of Adrian Palicki just two days ago where she was a blonde. And uh, on her Twitter. And uh, the other detail that is significantly different from her comic book history is this. And guys, we're about to go into spoil territory. So spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, Adrian Palicki reveals this about Bobby Moore's on S.H.I.E.L.D. Courtesy of ABC, here's your first look at Palicki as Bobby Morse, the head of Hydra Security and the future Mockingbird. But but will she be a friend or foe to Colton and S.H.I.E.L.D.? The Mockingbird part suggests friend, but the Hydra part? Things might get complicated. Palicki will appear as Bobby Morse in the October 21st episode, A Hen in the Wolf House. Now, before we started recording this episode, Nikki and I were talking on Skype. And she didn't know about this image at first. Um, Nikki? Yes? Talk to us. What, what, how do you feel about this image? I am not happy. At all. If they wanted someone with that color hair, they would have called me. Or me. Um, no. Well, I have man boobs. <laughs> I have woman ones. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I, I'm a, as some people might know, I am a huge fan of Mockingbird. I am, I have all of the comics she's appeared in. I absolutely adore her as a character. Um, I love her relationship with Hawkeye in the comics. Um, I, I played her in a role-playing game. I have a lot of love for this character and I am, I am just, I'm not happy. Um, I mean, it could be that she's a spy sent in by Coulson because according to 
uh, Billy Koenig at uh, SCCC. She was she was all in. Bobby called and she was in. And I just I can't imagine Bob the character I love. And I know that things have to change. You can't keep everything the same, or else it gets boring. And but she would never go Hydra. That's I mean, and, and to become head of Hydra security means she's been she's deep in Hydra. So. I mean, she would have to be a really, really great undercover operative uh, to pull off being trusted by Hydra enough to be their head of security, which is their biggest division. Um, I'm assuming because it's pretty big division. Um, so I'm just, uh, yeah, I, you know, I can get over the hair. That's fine. Um, if she's undercover, it would make sense for her to go dark, literally. Um but um, are you crying? Yeah. No, I'm trying to catch my breath. Um, I'm I'm taking a wait and see. I've calmed down a lot since you first sent me the image. Uh, I'm taking a wait and see on this one. But just from the outset, uh, not happy. Adam, what do you think? Well, let me preface this by saying I actually don't know that much about Mockingbird. So she's a know, blonde uh, first. Uh, yeah, well, see, but that's one of the few things I knew about her. So when I saw that picture, I'm like, okay, that's not how I pictured how she'd look. Mm-hmm. So that took definitely like took me off a bit. Um, as far as the Hydra thing goes, you know, like I said, I don't know much about her. I don't really know about her history. I know she's been a Shield agent, but I mean, you know, I they could just they're, they're probably just taking a different approach with her history. You know, she could be a spy. Maybe they're going to go the whole the whole bad guy turns good route. You know, she was with Hydra, then she'll turn good, start working with Coulson and the S.H.I.E.L.D. team. But, um, you know, I don't know. I think, honestly, just, you know, the whole blonde thing took me off. This wouldn't be the first time that a comic book show has made alterations to a character like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, like Nikki, it's just a sort of wait-and-see approach for now. Yeah, now, now I'm a, I'm on, I'm I'm on Adam's side. I I I didn't I don't know much about Mockingbird either prior to the announcement that she was coming to the show. I I knew a little bit about her because um, uh, my buddy Craig Byrne from Shield said he has always been you know a huge fan of Mockingbird, just like Nikki, and he's always wanted to see her. He's he's always wanted to see her on TV or in a movie and so on. And he you know when he when he heard that she that she was coming to the show, she was he was super excited. So I don't know what his thoughts is about this image yet. But here's the thing. I don't think Kevin Feige and Jeff Flo would just bring her in and just change her for the sake of changing. I think there's a reason why this, why they've done this. I would not be concerned. I think she's a mole, you know, that she's a mole in Hydra. Uh, that maybe she's in deep. If she is, she's really in deep. Well, you know, maybe she's so talented. Maybe that she got promoted to head of security very quickly. Or she had her ways to become like. Look, we don't know anything about her aside from this image and this cat this description and who is playing her i think once again i'm confused by the fact that agent plicky was a blonde 2 days ago uh, in an image where she posted on twitter while on the show she's a brunette but remember this they do mention in the article the future mockingbird so you know maybe the order is that she will become this hero she will dye her hair blonde and um who knows like it's that's why we said we're waiting and seeing. Yeah, we're waiting yeah, and seeing. I mean, see. it's certainly possible. I yeah, anything's possible. I like the it's coat comic, but... she's wearing. Uh, I, I had to, like, let's try to be a little bit positive. Like I, you know, wait and see. 
but I do like I, I do like the coat. Um, I don't think that's her costume though. Uh, some people were like, "Oh my god, Mockingbird's costume!" I'm like, "That's not necessarily a costume." And that's not Mockingbird. Yeah, well, well, that's Bobby Morris. So we will see what happens on October 21st. We will learn all about Bobby, Bobby Morris. So there we go. Uh, our other piece of Shield news is the ratings came in. Uh, for the Shield premiere, and you know, guys, it's on a new time slot now. It's it's mm. on a new time slot now. It's on 9 p.m. and the sh- the premiere got uh, a 5.60 million viewers and a 1.9 in the 1849 rating demographics. And this is decent numbers. It's uh, up. It's pretty much in pair with the season finale. And we know that a lot of the fans they left the show pretty early, and so you know we saw the ratings go down and down and so on. But Remember, there's all DVR, DVR numbers that will come mm-hmm. in, so we don't have to worry about that. And someone, I, I was talking to someone on Twitter, and they were like, "Well, it, they, they feel like because the, you know the show has become so good, it should reflect it on the ratings." And so I'm like, "Yeah, I agree." But you know, as long as it gets you know decent ratings and then g- good DVR numbers, you will see the show come back for a third season and so on. Like, look, I don't, I don't think ABC is disappointed at all. I think that they are very happy about this. And also, you know what? They have to win their fans back a little bit, just because they had six amazing episodes, like very amazing episodes, at the end of the last season. That doesn't mean that the show has completely, completely redeemed itself. Because I, I still have, even though I'm a Shield podcast and a huge Shield fan. I still had a few problems with the show in the beginning, and I still have a few problems with the show. But I think they're they're starting to fade away, and I think it's going to get better. Uh, what do you guys think about these numbers? Uh, well, it's a new time slot, so you're going to lose some viewers um, in that uh, because it could, you know, as much as you know, I I love humanity. Um, a lot of people aren't very bright. And new time slots can confuse people. And we see, I've seen that happen with so many great shows that change nights or change time slots. They lose viewers because people are like, they turn it on at the time they think it's going to be on. It's not there. So they, they just, they, they don't even look. I think hopefully with the advent of the direct TV and satellite and cable viewers guides that you can pull up on your television, that that would kind of you know help that but i know a lot of people who would say who would tune in to the original time slot go oh it's not on i'm changing the channel um and not come back so i mean you're always going to have fluctuations when you when you change things up a little bit plus you you're dealing with you know people who you know gave up on it way too early um who didn't come back for but i think the the end of last season uh, shows that we definitely have the viewers and it'll just keep getting better if we keep up the quality. Adam, what do you think? Well, the other thing that you got to remember is that during that time slot, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going up against the new uh, NCIS spinoff, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And the main NCIS show, if I remember correctly, is the most, not only the most watched show on the CBS network, but like one of the most watched shows in general. So in a world, lot of the viewers... Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of the viewers from the main show are probably are also sticking around for the spinoff just to see what it's like. So I can understand why you know Agents of Shield might not have gotten any more viewers. That being said, during the season, I think that it will be able to maintain those numbers and even increase a little bit. So yeah, yeah. I, I have hopes that it's gonna stay steady. I agree with you. Same here, and I think you know, these are good numbers. I don't think we need to worry about anything. They're not bad numbers. They're, no, they're, they're not, not bad at all. As- yeah. It's it's 
I think at the beginning of a season, people are, the networks are always looking for a big jump. Like you're going to lure more people in over the summer, but I think these are really solid numbers and they're, they're going to go up because we've seen the quality of the show continue to progress and progress and nothing is perfect. No show is perfect. And I, they would be boring if they were perfect. Right. Yeah, yeah. Even Gotham that just started on Fox, they only, they not, not, I'm, I'm I'm not supposed to say only, but you know they got eight million viewers, and uh, you know when Shield started, it got at least twelve, fourteen million viewers and so on. So it's like, you know, it's not yeah. bad numbers. You know, eight f- five to eight million viewers, and also remember the fact people don't watch TV that much anymore. They they're binge watching now. Season one, I I know people that still haven't seen season one. Or season two of Arrow, because they're waiting for the DVD, you know, the Netflix to get it. Yes, and I'm waiting patiently. It was supposed to be out last week. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it's like a lot of people they binge watch now and so, and also mm-hmm. because uh, some people they watch they they watch it through Hulu Plus and iTunes and Amazon and so on. So it's it's completely understandable. Like once again, we're gonna move away from this topic now, but it's like it's these were, these were good premiere numbers. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So there you go. But we're now going to get into our discussion about the season premiere of Shield. So let's start with the new characters we got on the show this week. <laughs> we got, you know, Adam. I I don't know if you know this actress, but she, her name is Lucy Lawless. Oh, I'm and, very familiar with Lucy Lawless from Battlestar yeah. Galactica. Yeah, Cena, and uh, and from and Spark, of course, and. Uh, we got to meet Isabel Harley. We got to meet Lance Hunter, um, a character named Idaho, and Alfonso Mac McKenzie, uh, Dan Whiffall, you know, aka the Kraken, and we got to meet, you know, Bakshi and so on. So we got to meet a, a whole bunch of new characters. So, uh, big Adam, because you're a guest, uh, what did you think about these characters that we got to see in the in the premiere? I like the introduction that they got because I was expecting that the episode was going to revolve kind of around Coulson recruiting them during the episode itself, but I liked that we already sort of had the team together. You know, obviously these new guys aren't as close to one another as Coulson's team is with each other, but they work really well together. Um, You know, we didn't get that much attention devoted to characters like Idaho or uh, Mac, but, you know, it's the premiere, so I'm sure we're going to get more time with them. Most of, the, most of the people we were hanging out, new people that we were hanging out with was Hartley and Hunter. Uh, Hunter is a really cool character. I really like how uh, Nick, Blood, uh, Nick Blood is playing him. And, you know, I, uh, I liked Hartley for how long she was on. <laughs> I thought she played her, I thought Lucy Lawless played her really well, but... Um, you know, kind of an abrupt exit. Uh, what do you think about uh, Alfonso? Alfonso was cool. Now, he's the mechanic, right? He's the mechanic for the group. Yeah, and he's from the comic books, actually. Right, so, you know, we got a little interaction with him, but I'll be interested to see in future episodes just sort of more of his contributions to the team, whether it's, like, uh, you know, uh, improving their vehicles, building tech for them, stuff like that. But he seemed like a cool guy. Yeah, I I completely agree. I'm gonna get get my thoughts last. So, Nikki, what did you think? Uh, 
I really loved it. And like Adam, I really like how they had established this team, this new group um, before. So we know that there's been a progression of time since we last saw um, our guys. Um, I really thought they built up a chemistry, even though this was their first episode. I thought this new team, this new group had a real chemistry together, especially Lance Hunter and uh, Isabel Hartley. Um, I like that they didn't take time to like have Colson traveling all over trying to pull this team together because it it's a waste of time. It's a waste of screen time and a waste of story because it would get boring having him just go and meet people. And I like that they do it off screen. Um, but I was really impressed with the uh, camaraderie that they already had um, and the tension that they had with the original Shield the original shield team. Um, I really liked uh, Nick blood as Lance Hunter. And I've said it before, but they just need to rename the character Nick blood. <laughs> um, and he agrees. Cause he commented to me last night. Um, but uh, I mean, it's a perfect superhero name. Lance Hunter Orville. is cool too. Uh, Nick blood. Okay. So that's blood. all I'm going to say about Nick blood. Um, and I, I really like seeing the new members of the team. I like that they weren't all in our face. Like they didn't, they weren't like shoving the baby in our face going, look at it, look at it, look at it. It's a new <laughs> one. Um, they were like, they were so integrated that it just became really natural. Um, I love seeing, I know we didn't mention him, but I love seeing Patton back. I mean, yeah, can keep great. him please? Can yes. keep Koenig, please? Um, I'm hoping that the ending of the episode uh, leaves us with a couple of these new people um, because I really would hate to lose all, uh, all of them, any of them. Um, but I really loved how they, the, they just kind of seemed, it seemed so natural to have them all together. And yet there was still a little bit of infighting, you know, sibling rivalry between the new and the old. And uh, well, I'm going to say that I love all of them. I think they were, uh, you know, the thing I really loved, like you guys said, was the fact that, you know, there was a time jump a few months and that, you know, they, I don't know how many months they've been doing this. I, I think they said at least two months or something like that. But uh, I like the fact that, um, you know, the, that the new show was already established. They're still working out the kings and so on. And the only thing I want to know is how Colton found them, because we know that Lance Hunter, he's from Strike. So mm-hmm. I w- I'm wondering, well, did he, did did Colton go to strike to get Lance Hunter, for example? Um, he did go to in- he did go to London. Oh, that's true. Okay, well, th- there we go. And uh, we had, uh, you know, we had Agent Hardy. Like she was, you know, she and her were my he it, Lance and Harley were my two favorite characters of. Um, of all of them, uh, I wish I, I could say the same about Alfonso Mac McKenzie, uh, but the thing I need to see more of him. You know, the thing is, I'm, you know, I'm, he's, you know, he's a good-looking man. He's big, and like I like that he's a mechanic and so on. And uh, it would be fun to see what he's gonna do on the team. I like his little dynamic with uh, with, um, with with Triplet. He was like, "Got any new toys for me?" <laughs> Yeah, they were. That was a. That's a good. That's gonna be a good dynamic duo, I think. Um, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm also glad I'm they kept Triplet around. Yeah. Thank you. And all. And and here's the thing: we have some. Update. I need more. 
Yeah, and I want before we move on. It's not, and I'm, I'm not. We're not gonna, we're not gonna go back to Shield news. But what um, they did an interview recently, um, the producers uh, with um, uh, with what's it called with the comic book res- resources, and um, they said that, that so far he's in every episode, and uh, you know that they know fans really want to see a lot of him and so on, uh, but that he's gonna be. That, you know he's gonna be around a lot, um, and you know I I don't think we need to worry that much. Um, I, I I understand the frustration that he's not a serious regular, but um, but also they made a good point about you know there's a difference between re- recurring and regular. That mm-hmm. you know that um, you know that we will we will see lots of him, and um, right. so I, I I like the dynamic. Uh, I was kind of I thought Idaho was, was funny. He was cute. Considering he's named after not a great place. Don't you live in, I, I, don't you live in Idaho? Yes, temporarily. <laughs> uh, I'm from California. This is not what I know. <laughs> but uh, no, but I let's talk about Isabel Harley for, for a second because that's who we got to see a lot of. Uh, Lance Hardy, he's very sassy. He's very, you know, he, British. Yes, and we don't. I don't mind that, but. Harley. Okay, so there was an interview with Entertainment Weekly after this in, after this episode aired uh, because at the end of the episode, we sh- she she dies as we we see it. As Nikki is is a, a little bit different on that front, I know, and we'll get to that in a second. But <laughs> well, but, well, I'm not lying. You are different. Okay. I know. I just thought it was funny. Uh, <laughs> what <laughs> what did you think I was gonna say? Anyway, um, Adam, you have the interview in front of you, correct? I do. So what did they say about the decision to kill Hartley off? Okay, so yeah, Entertainment Weekly asked, you know, why did they kill her off? Why did you only decide to use Lucy Lawless for one episode? And uh, Jed Whedon stated that, We wanted you to invest in the character and feel like this person was a real equal to Coulson. She definitely fit the bill on that front. Lucy has such a strength to her. We didn't want people to know what was going to happen. We wanted it to feel like a big deal. Yeah, and... um well, they, they 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 sure managed to do that to us. They because pulled it was that like, off pretty well. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. When everything at the beginning was Lucy Lawless joins the cast of Agents of Shield, I was like, yeah, and then oh, bummer. Exactly. Yeah, it was, it was a bait it was such and a switch. I bet this was I bet this was Kevin Feige's decision because he hates me. But, wow, wow. He took away my Coulson. That's all I'm saying. Oh my! It was his decision to kill Coulson in the Avengers. I am not pleased with that man. I, mm, I understand. <laughs> now he's taken Lucy Lawless. Away no, okay, okay. Let's joke. Let, let's uh, let's calm down. Let's calm ourselves. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, I'm, I'm here's the thing. Uh, Adam made this good point uh, before we started recording. She did touch that um, OA4 thing, the obelisk. What if it has some mysterious powers? Right, because the only thing we it, saw that thing do to her when she touched it, it like petrified her arm in a way. Yeah, like I don't, it turned some, her to stone. Right. So, you know, they they had you know obviously she asked Hunter to. Uh, cut off her hand before it progressed but then of course the crash happened but yeah maybe the maybe that uh, artifact had more power in it than just petrifying her maybe it had some sort of weird well at the know, beginning st- of the, 
at the be- I thought that too, and then I watched the beginning of the episode again. The uh, amazing Agent Carter Howling Commando scene. Yes. Oh, let's talk about that. And the they had some guys who were turned to stone, right, from touching that thing. So I'm like, I was I flashed on Doctor Who, and I was like, oh my god, they've got petrifold aggression, um, <laughs> because I'm that much of a nerd. Um, <laughs> we're all nerds. We are. So. I'm hoping she comes back if this is how S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be treating, how S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be operating now. It's going to be kind of a wild ride this season because it's like, do we get invested in these characters or do we not get invested in these characters? Are they going to pull, you know, are they going to pull this stuff again? You know, are we going to lose Lance Hunter? Are we going to, you know, do we have to worry about losing some of our team? So I think it's, Storyline-wise, it absolutely made sense, and I could see the the old bait and switch. Um, I I just emotionally as <laughs> emotional as you can get about a TV show, which for me is very. Um, I, I'm like, uh ah! <laughs> Lucy, come back, Zeta. <laughs> yeah, um, but, but once again, if this was her only episode then but but the thing is she went out and did some interviews after this episode and she's like I don't know if she's dead I don't know if she's dead either because I saw movement yeah and plus you know since Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is like you know it embraces its comic book tropes so Mm -hmm. it's much more likely to pull the whole oh she died but she came back to life or she was never dead at, at, at any point so Look what they did it's, with Fury and Winter yeah, Soldier. Yeah, so I mean, it's de- she could come back at some point, maybe during the mid-season uh, finale, maybe during the season finale. I just, I hope we get to see more Lucy Lawless. Yeah. You, do you don't too. bring her on for one episode. Thank you. Thank it's you. It's a waste of talent. Even, she was even on, she was on Parks and Rec for longer than one episode. Yeah, and so we, we will see, fingers crossed. But let's talk about that Agent Carter cameo. Oh, God. Dum Dum Dugan, my heart. I, as soon as I saw Dum Dum Dugan, I was like, "Oh, Andy's having Andy's having a moment." His arms a, are so big, and that hat and that mustache. Like, give me a glass of milk and let me just pour it on his mustache. You want to dunk Dum Dum Dugan in milk like an Oreo, mm, yeah, and then <laughs> some I, I milk just... milk bucket challenge. I thought that he was. I thought that the whole scene was just so beautifully done, and it it really made me more excited for Agent Carter, which I think is part of the reason they did it. But I also think it was the perfect way to introduce Daniel Whitehall, and it was perfect way to introduce, uh, kind of give us a little bit more background on Hydra and to the 084, the Obelisk. Um, is that something from the comics, by the way? Because when I was writing my review for TV Remind today, I was like, Obelisk, Marvel comic. I, I'm trying to remember if I've heard it before. I, I don't remember. I'm, you know, I I didn't read uh, Nick Fury and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comic um, growing up. So um, most of my knowledge on Hydra is from reading about it. Um, I don't remember specifically the Obelisk, but can we... The obelisk is so cool. Did you see what happened when it was in Hartley's hand? I mean, can we just talk about that? <laughs> what would what appeared on the obelisk? Um, Did anybody notice that? No, 
talking about the symbols? The symbols, yes. What's what was a symbol? The writing, the ga- crazy Garrett, Garrett Coulson writing was on the was weird on the alien, obelisk. the weird yeah. alien oh, language Lord. that he started the writing unconsciously. Yeah, that were on the fillboard. Ah, uh, I was yet so another excited. connection. Yes, I was so excited. I was like, ah, look, and then they went away. But I think Sky saw a glimpse of them. So this thing is like alive. This thing is is sentient this thing has you know something about it besides what it can do there's there's something it's all connected it also occurred to me that this this artifact whatever it is is like some like kind of extraterrestrial in origin or something you know definitely mystical yes. and you know we we see what happens when a regular person uh touches it but what happens if someone like Skye, who is an 084, what happens if she touched it? Because we know she has some of that uh, alien DNA Cree, inside of Just her. say Kree at this point. We know it's a Kree. Guardians of the Galaxy the, connection. Yeah, we don't know if that's Kree writing, though. Yeah, we know Kree are somehow involved with the story, but we don't know if that's Kree writing. It might, you know, it, this blood, this DNA that she and Coulson have and Garrett had might open them up to other things that might open their, you know, have them using more than 10% of their brain. Um, so we, we don't know what the writing is. Um, though I thought I saw some of it in guardians on the wall of the dark aster, but it could have just been the texture of the rock. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I, I didn't think about the symbols, but okay. Um, that's cool to know. <laughs> and I um I just love seeing Agent Carter there. And you know, you know what? This scene, this one scene, I, this is what I'm hoping that Agent Carter is going to be like. Mhm. Uh, I know, you know, I also know that they have uh you know, they have they, they're starting to get its cast together and so on. So they're going to start shooting the pilot soon. Exciting. And uh, you know, so you know we don't we know what's going to be like a little bit, but if this was a taste to what the show is going to be like when it's when it, when it actually premieres, I'm going to be so happy. And look, Tara Butters and Michelle Fazikas, if you listen <laughs> to this podcast, I will give you my child, my my firstborn child, if you put Dunham Dugan as a series regular. <laughs> like, look, I don't look, I I could care. I could care less about having a baby. I'm not gonna have a baby because I I don't want to be a dad. But if I if if it happens, like I would be happy to give her away, you know him or her away, if you'd make Dum Dum Dugan part of the show. Like guys, I wouldn't I, give up my firstborn, but definitely bring on Dum Dum Dugan. <laughs> yeah, well, I would I would well, give them cookies well, to to bring him. Nikki, back not everything can be can be solved with cookies. Yes, I can. Can it really? Yes. It's entirely possible. I yeah, see. I think we could solve the Middle East peace peace crisis with cookies. E- exactly, and you know, <laughs> hell no. Oh, he's yelling out the window again. Um, but uh, you know what? I it was a good taste of what Agent Carter could be, and it was it was appropriate. It was the right way. Hashtag to give me dum dum doogan. So let's move over back to the present now. We're gonna we're seeing this new shield being led by director Coulson, who is... See, now I want to focus on Coulson now for a bit. And this this might this could be a long episode, so 
get ready, you guys. Um, it can't be too long. No, it's not going to be too <laughs> long. But Koha seems a bit distant from everyone. Yeah, but he's also got the biggest job that any of them have. He's got to, He's like he said, he's flying all over the world, trying to recruit, trying to find allies. Um, he can't spend all of his time holding the team's hand. And he has you know, to, he's guy's daddy. No, no, no. all those fans are like, no, a- Melinda Agent is her da- Agent- mom. Agent Dale Cooper is her daddy. Um, but I, I think it's totally appropriate. I mean, Fury wasn't cute and cuddly as a director. But he was He's sassy. Taking, he was sassy, but so was Coulson. It was like when he was uh, imitating, when he was like pretending he was Talbot. He was a little <laughs> that was sassy. so... Uh, oh my... Come and shake my hand. They're, they're... <laughs> Good acting there. Yeah, it, he was... Talbot out. <laughs> Talbot out. Um... I thought I think it's totally appropriate for him to kind of distance himself. He can't. He's not really a member of the team anymore. He's the director. He's the one it all falls on. I mean, how much stress is he going through? How much is he taking on himself? Um, he can't. You know, he can't babysit anymore. He can't. You know, be there twenty four seven. He's got so many more responsibilities. So I think it was absolutely appropriate. I think if he was all the same Coulson, it wouldn't have rung true. And And I think, yeah, and Clark Gregg definitely did a good job of kind of portraying him as worn out. Yeah. And you know know what I really liked? And conflicted, conflicted, because you know he wants to spend time with the team. He would like to, but he can't. He wants, you know, he wants to he wants to be with his daughter Sky and his wife. No, but um, you know what I really liked was the fact that he told Sky about the alien drawing, you know, the, um, the, the, the writing, the, the fillboard, basically. Uh, <laughs> I like that he didn't, I like that he didn't keep it to himself because, you know, look, we don't need more secrets that we already have. You know, it is a shield for God's sake. They can't even announce a character. No, never mind. Um, it's built on secrets. Shield is built on secrets. Yeah. So like, but I, 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 like I, I point out him. one thing about, the, about him trusting sky. He didn't tell him he did any of the writing. He just said Garrett. Oh, that's, Oh, that's right. So Coulson's still keeping a little bit to himself. Or he doesn't remember it. Oh, that's a because, good point. Yeah, that, it was in the middle of the night, and it seemed like he was kind of in a hypnotic state when, if, you right, look back, so... if you look back in the season finale. But it's, you know, it's a big mystery of the season. And, you know, I know some people have speculated that this could be part of how Ultron is created. I don't know how that would be possible, but look, if this no. show... I want the show to get some more recognition from the MCU. So, you know, if that could happen, I would be so happy. Um, or Tony, if- Tony, in in the MCU, there, Tony is the one creating Ultron. He would need to have access to that. He doesn't. True. And how's he going to get it? But let's, okay, okay, let's. let's he takes cold That's bed. true. That's true. Um, <laughs> that's so sad, by the way. But uh, but you know, we get. Um, I don't think we got enough Coulson in this episode. I think that the, 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 my favorite scene with him was, of course, with him and uh, Koenig when they were <laughs> when they were playing uh, Talbot. Oh, oh my god, there were two gorgeous men with mustaches in this episode. Oh my lord! I, I love how Koenig was just coaching him on what to say. <laughs> yeah, he was like, like, like louder, louder. And then he was like, and then he when he did something wrong, he was like, oh, he was like face bomb. He was like, no. No, no. Well, Patton just is so good at at the faces, and I think that you know 
he's so techy and Colson's not that techy. So I think a lot of it is like, oh, I got to teach the boss how to do this again. I got to teach the boss how to use the new dictaphone. <laughs> You know, you know what I, so, I was protecting I in that, that moment? He, he's, his loyalty to Coulson just is so pure. I just love him so much. When he was sitting in front of that, that microphone and being <laughs> tell, but you know what I was thinking about? I was like, in my head, I was pretending that I, that he and I were podcasting together. <laughs> so just talking about things. <laughs> but it's like, that's a perfect microphone for a podcast. It was, actually. Or for changing your voice to sound like Talbot. <laughs> to sneak yeah. into a military facility. And we got to, we yeah. got to meet some more. We got to meet Talbot a lot in this episode. And, you know, he... We got, we she, got to meet a lot of Talbot. <laughs> yeah, like, look, and I don't, and I, don't <laughs> I don't mind. But, you know, because he's Adrian Pastor, for God's sake. And, um, no, but I like that he was in it a lot. And we're going to see him next week, uh, which is good. I like... <laughs> did you guys notice that? There was a... The, that there was that reporter on TV that was interviewing him. That was an a- that was an actual reporter for ABC. Yes, George, Steph- George Stephanopoulos. I was so glad to see that. Why they, they used a real person? I thought it was totally, yeah, exactly. it was totally appropriate. And plus, he's he's part of the ABC family. Well, the so thing, the I, and he's <laughs> a huge he's a huge deal um, because he used to work for the Clinton White House too. So is it is he a huge um, comic book fan? He's, Probably he not. Is, uh, actually, is he? I I think he. I think he is a comic book fan. I don't oh. know how big he is. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not that familiar with George Stephanopoulos, but, I mean, I've it was seen fun. him on it, it makes, it's, kind of a nerdy. It's fun when you, you know, when you bring something real from our world right. to the TV world, because it makes it feel more real in, in a way. It, because right. it, it, you know, it makes me feel like, look, Colson could be... Could be where you are right now, Adam, for example, like he could be anywhere. Like he, and it, that's kind of cool. And, um, and look, if Tower was real and Dum Dum Dugan was real, that would okay. be the, the most messy, <laughs> messy as, um, tr- you know, free some ever. I, I think with Tower, I don't I think with, I think with family, Talbot, Adam, <laughs> when did I ever say this was a family show? Shame on you. I think with Talbot, I think they have to build him up to be, the ultimate, you know, kind of, we must bring down S.H.I.E.L.D., we must find these people, they're just the same as HYDRA. I think you have to build him up as that vehement about about bringing down the rest of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, you, want to, you want him to be a main baddie for S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, I don't want him to be a baddie, I want, because you need them to fight against something like that, to fight for legitimacy. But I think he will come around. I think that he will see the benefit of shield and he will see that they're not high, that this team that Colson is rebuilding is not linked to Hydra and that they're trying to help. And, uh, I think it's going to be a growth for that, you know, this growth for that character. I think that's really important to the show. I think that they need to build up an adversary. That's not the weekly villain, you know, like, you know, on Buffy, we had, you know, the monster of the week on the X-Files. We had the monster of the week, but there was also the underlying of the show's mythology. And that's what I think Talbot is part of. And you need to have that tension. So I thought they built, they're building that up really well. And the, the honeycomb room of death or killing, mm-hmm. whatever he called it. I just cracked up. Yeah. I missed it. And it like, was trending I- and it was trending. <laughs> Of course, every, like everything is trending these days for Shield. This is, that's that's the amazing thing about the show. Like the Tardis, uh, when when Simon was like the Tardis, 
five minutes later, it's trending worldwide. And uh, no, but I, I think you know, I like Talbot, you know, as you know, a recurring villain for Shield. The thing is, you know, because he's a he's a Hulk villain too. It makes me wonder, you know, when Hulk Free eventually happens, will we see him being part of that? Will we see him work with Funnable Ross, for example? I don't know. It's definitely a possibility. I mean, given how Hulk is being used these days, you know, there's no indication that he'll go back to being gain his own films. But if they do eventually do that, then yeah, I'd be interested in seeing Talbot yeah. playing an antagonist of sorts. Well, speaking yeah. of Hulk villains, uh, we had another one in this episode. Yes, C- Crusher Creel, aka the Absorbing Man. I was astonished. Like I, 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 I thought you know this is gonna be good and so on, but I didn't know it was gonna be that good. Yeah, he did a great job. I was really uh, impressed by their use of him because he's not, you know. And I like that he was very true to the comic. He didn't talk a lot. <laughs> um, but he's a very he's, sweet guy. That's the thing that I wish he could talk a little bit more and so on. But you know what? The Crusher Creel is not a sweet guy. <laughs> well, he's a killer. He is, he is just old, you know, geez, he's like... But I don't, but the thing, I don't want him to be a mindless killer, like, I want him to, like, but he he's was not. smart, he's smart, we, we saw him, like, in his, in his little lair or whatever it was, and we saw that like, he had, like, a bunch of boxes stacked And they all up. have things that he yeah. could absorb, and because they said it, it's the way it makes him feel. He likes how it makes, how the absorption makes him feel, so... He's he's a smart guy. He's not depicted as dumb at all. No, no, he, he's not he, dumb. He's at all. very smart, and uh, I think that his uh, being able to absorb the properties of whatever is around him is a really great function for a really great gift. As I kept saying, gifted. Um, be, but I like that they he doesn't maintain it forever. Like when he touched the ball, the um, the ball, the old ball and chain. Yeah, oh my um, god, that was so funny. Wrecking and ball. He, and the wrecking ball. He didn't. I, can't I mean, really it was like just, just the, just the arm. So yeah. it was just his arm, really, that had that that absorbed it. So he has maybe he has this ability to control it. Oh, but um, he so does. does. When he took right. the obelisk, like he he took a little bit of that uh, of the right. Of the Did wire. you see the look on his face though? He looks shocked when he saw what that thing did. He didn't know it was like he didn't know that was gonna happen. That makes me wonder because this ha- yeah, because this has to be alien. What if he touched it? What happens to him? And the thing is, like, look, I don't know. What, like when he touched it, his hand started. But well, I thought that he put it like he covered his hand with something else to touch the obelisk. He did. He didn't, he, you're right. Yeah. You're right. He, he went. He went right. to the tire and just took some rubber. He know, took some rubber. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's and that's what she said. And he, uh, <laughs> so he is afraid of this. Yeah, but he's like, and no. what was he told? He was to- he wanted this thing so badly. Was he told that it would get, you know if he absorbed its uh, properties that he would have even more super strength? I mean, what does what is Hydra telling him? Because he looked very shocked at what it did to Hy- to uh, Isabel Hartley. It Not, could be the source of his eventual defeat because there's such a thing as too much power. If he touched that, what if he somehow his like ability somehow I overloaded? I, I want to see him in more. Or it episodes. sucked his. Or it sucked his ability. Yeah, yeah. I want. It, I want to see more episodes. Uh, and the thing that yeah. I really enjoyed about this was that this ties all back into the index that we saw. You know, the breakout of the index last season. Mm-hmm. 
that he is one of those members. And uh, I wasn't I wasn't prepared he was going to work for Hydra though, uh, which to me he it makes him a more powerful character than if he's working for something like Hydra. I, I think he's more like an independent contractor he, than a member of Hydra. But it, so. exactly. but it was cool. It was very cool that he was working for them a little. Well, they they know because they know what his abilities are because of that douche hat Garrett. Um, he's got all this intel that he gave to Hydra, so they're going to go after the people that are that Garrett has tagged as possible, you know, friendlies, if not complete allies. So people with their shared world vision, or just who are so greedy they'll do anything. And you know, I did love how he turned into that uh, almost diamond plating that was better than what we got of Emma Frost in yeah. X. Uh, we were joking before this episode uh, was recorded that 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 Absorber Man did a better Emma Frost than Emma Frost did of herself in uh, in X-Men First Class. She, well, he, he would have been a better Emma Frost. That's yeah. all I'm and he's hotter. But, uh, but no, I enjoyed it. he doesn't it. have a vacant doe-eyed now, look. Now, let me ask you guys this. Um, what, was your favorite, what, what, what was your favorite thing that he absorbed? Um, I liked how he was able to camouflage himself with the glass when he was in the mm-hmm. prison cell. That was that was cool. I that was awesome. Uh, yeah, it was just like it was a really that, clever way to get the sneak to sneak up on the soldiers. Right, and I thought as soon as they put him in that thing, I was like, "Oh, dude, you <laughs> like, guys have no idea who what, you're dealing with." Do you, you have no idea who you're effing with? <laughs> Putting him in a magneto cage is not going <laughs> to stop him. Yeah, um, that was her. He was just standing. He was like, "Yeah, just gonna wait till you guys." He's are... like looking around. I could yeah, just picture he him looking so, around. Like, he had like, a look in his face. He was like, idiot. "Yeah, like you idiot." <laughs> yeah, like, this uh, is gonna stop. My right. favorite was when he absorbed a tree because when yes. when he did that, I screamed, "I am Groot!" <laughs> there you go. No, a lot of people did that. A lot of tree people were like, "Oh, he, he became Groot." Um, uh, what was your favorite, Nikki? Um, well, I was gonna. Well, jeez, guys took two, the two best ones. Um, Golden arm. I like those, cool. but I thought when he was in the warehouse, and you just see the gray wall, and then all oh, of a sudden yeah. you take out Crusher. I was just like, "Oh, holy crap!" On a cracker. <laughs> He's like, "You're like Lucy." I mean, uh, Harley. I was just like, my breath cut. I was like, "That's so awesome." It was really cool, and uh, now we know why he was he was being painted blue in that one. Yeah. Oh my god, we were so idiot. I was so idiot. I'd be like, he's probably a Cree. I'm like, if he was a Cree, why wasn't he painted over his whole body? Um. But okay, and now we know which. Um. I think we also know that video where it came from. It's it came from episode two, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know which one I'm talking about, Adam? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, on the subject of absorbing man, you know, there's we're doing something special this week for the season premiere because one of my good friends, uh, and he and who, he's also you know the reason why I podcast. Uh, he is a huge absorbing man, uh, absorbing man fan. That I decided I'm going to bring him into this episode. So guys, we're going to take a little break and then, and uh, we're going to talk to you know the man who inspired me and then a lot of podcasters out there that I know. So let's listen to what he, what he had to say about. 
the Absorbing Man. And now, guys, I'm going to bring in that special person I mentioned in the, in the episode. He is a fantastic podcaster. He's the reason I'm podcasting today. He's been my role model for many, many years in the you know in the geek community as well as the podcast community. And if you ever listen to Star Wars House of L, the number one small podcast on the internet, or Geek Out Loud, the safe place to geek out, and the other shows in the Goliverse, such as Mark Out Loud, Big Honkin Show, Disney Vault Talk, and Rock Out Loud. You know exactly who this guy is. But if you don't know who he is, you will find out right on this episode because he is the marvelous Steve Lawson. Steve, welcome to the Helicarrier. Thank you for having me on the Helicarrier. How... Um, it's it's an honor to have you on. I've, it's been a dream for me to you know to have you on a podcast that I do, and so I know I was on the Geek, Geek Out Loud uh, podcast a few weeks ago for the Patreon um, um, support episode, and right. um, and now I, I get to have you on my podcast. It's it's such a huge honor, and you know I brought I wanted to bring you in for this episode because. There was something really special in this episode. So, because one, I know you're a Marvel, you're a Marvel kid, and yes. that, that there was a special character in this episode that you were so excited to meet, um, which was Crusher Creel, aka the Absorbing Man. So, I'm, I'm dying to to hear what you think about Crusher Creel on Age of Shield. Well, I, you know, you said it best. I I grew up a Marvel kid and i am really excited well, was really excited when you broke in on the big honkin show <laughs> and uh and 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 let me know that he was going to be in the premiere episode not only the premiere episode but apparently next episode as well and um and then you showed me the picture of him and i was like he's bald he's really muscular um and there you go. That's that's all I needed for the moment. And then it was just waiting to see how they did this character. And, you know, if it was going to be some type of origin story for him or if he's going to already have his powers. In fact, when I found out that he was going to be in the first two episodes, I assumed, I hope that's not too spoilery for your no, audience. No, 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 they, they, they know. I assumed that, that that maybe this first episode would be kind of the the uh, the origin story for him um fortunately he already had his powers and stuff and it was just it was a cool introduction and and they treated him well you know uh he i feel like sometimes the absorbing man in the comics um has has kind of got the short shrift from writers and that sort of thing um because he is kind of hard to know how to beat and how to contain and uh and 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 in the comics he's kind of dumb but um as far as like his intelligence goes, but I was really glad to see that they treated this character as a real threat. And when Coulson just goes off on Talbot, he's like, "Look, you've got this guy in just a regular cell. You don't have any idea how to contain him. You've taken him right to where what he wants is, and and now we're having to step in and save your butt." I just, I'm like, that is good. They recognize the power and the ability of this guy. He's just. He's he's a really cool character with a cool history, and he's and he's one of the, in in the rogues gallery of one of my favorites of all time, the Incredible Hulk. So you know it's just really, and of course Glenn Talbot's in the Hulk as well. He he's straight out of the Hulk comics as well, and so it's really great to see these ties to some of my favorite stuff in the comics. 
and you know stuff that I do know and that I am familiar with more than uh, even some of the stuff that's come to the movie screens before. You know, of course, I'm familiar with it all. Be, growing up a Marvel kid, you know, I, I I feel a certain kinship with it all. But when you hit these characters who are just right in the middle of my wheelhouse, I just absolutely love it, and I really love what they did. Uh, with Crusher Creel, the Absorbing Man. Now, I ne- I wanted to ask you this because uh, something that they mentioned in the episode briefly is that they they, they tell us origin basically that he was a boxer and so on. So they, they keep it pretty much through comics. Uh, and I know I think Colson even mentioned that he was part of the Index from last season. Remember the episode when they broke out all the inmates in the Index? Yes. Yes. And it's it's been meant to believe that uh, that he was one of them. So I think it, it's nice how it all ties them back together from the first season. And uh, yeah, I you know because I was wondering the same thing as you. At first, I was wondering how did, like is he gonna become the absorbing man? Because usually they you know some of the villains they've done on the show like the Blizzard, for example. We you know we we see an up you know a full episode of him, and then until the end of the episode, he actually gets the, his powers. Uh, but so I I was glad to see that he. Already had his powers, and like you said, in the combos, he's as you told me, he's a bit dumb. But in this episode, he was so smart. There's this scene where he has, like, he's in his home or his location, and you and he goes to like a wall full of boxes of material that he can absorb. And I was like, that is genius. You know that you know. Of course, you would hide at a secret location and have you know a bunch of material that you could absorb at any time. And uh, so, I did you like that too? Yes, you're talking about his little his his little collection. Yeah, yeah, I did dig that. I thought that was really cool. What I didn't really jive with is the fact that he gets some kind of pleasure out of absorbing this stuff. Um, that kind of came out of left field to me. And and put a little touch. It was fine. I wasn't like, oh, this is terrible. Um, it was it was just kind of out of left field because that's you never really get that sense ever reading the comics. And um, you know that he just loves you know that that he gets some kind of high off of it or or, or some such. And um, and but I did like the idea because to me, if you've got this ability, because in, what happens in the comics is, so many times is as he's fighting. Uh, he'll just do whatever is nearby. He'll grab whatever's nearby and, and absorb that. For exa- Let me give you a quick for example. Now, sure. he actually got his powers in Thor. You know, he started out as a Thor villain, but I'm really, I really put him in the Hulk's rogue gallery because, because I'm more familiar with his battle with battles rather with the Hulk. Um, the, uh, a lot of times he would find himself, um, in a battle with the Hulk, say, and like there was one time when he absor- when he touched the Hulk and, and absorbed the Hulk's powers. That's one of the things he could do, is he would touch. It wasn't just the matter; it was you know the if it's a if it's a person who has superpowers per se, like the Hulk, he absorbed the Hulk's superpowers. But he found out that as he calmed down, he got weak. You know, that kind of thing, just like with the Hulk. So he had to absorb something else because he was getting too weak. There was another situation where he was battling the Hulk. And um, and th- at this point, the Hulk was the Gray Hulk. And the thing about the Gray Hulk is when they when they went gray with the Hulk back in the 80s, uh, he would turn into the Hulk at night and he'd be Bruce Banner through the day. And and 
there was a period where he was the Hulk 24-7. There had been a gamma explosion. He absorbed it. He was thought to be dead. And at this time, he was actually in Vegas. He was working as a leg breaker in Vegas, calling himself Mr. Fix-It. And, and, he, and all the effects of that gamma bomb were starting to wear off a little bit, and the sun was starting to bother him. You know, like he knew the Hulk knew what was coming because the Hulk was smart at this point. Like he could talk normal and everything. And um, and the Absorbing Man shows up and they're fighting and the Absorbing Man absorbs the Hulk's skin. He touches the Hulk's skin. Well, at this point, the Hulk is kind of under the shade of this cliff where they're fighting. And um, and the Hulk says, yeah, how about that? It kind of kills you, doesn't it? It hurts, doesn't it? And, and he's like, so go ahead, absorb my cloth. I'll rip you to pieces. Or just absorb this rock, and I'll tear you up. You know. And so the absorbing man didn't really have any option except to absorb the rock around him, and the Hulk just crushed him and kicked him over into the river. Um, he would then show up in, in the book Quasar. Uh, anyhow, I, I'm, I'm rambling on about no, him. I, I, lo- I love this. I love learning more about his character. He, he sounds, I didn't know he could actually absorb the Hulk. And it kind of reminds yes. me of, you know, not to make any decent comparison, but it kind of sounds a little bit like Parasite. Yeah, in a way, except he doesn't weaken the people that he touches. It wasn't like he weakened the Hulk by touching him. It was he just, ah, right. gained, he just gained what the Hulk had. In the same way, like if he touches metal, the metal structure doesn't weaken. And he just becomes what that is. And that's kind of what was happening here in this situation. Um, and And so... I say all that to say that I really dug the fact because you would think that someone with that power would keep around maybe an arsenal of some sort. I was really kind of confused when he pulled out the wood, but that's when he just sat there absorbing it for some reason. Like he gets some kind of high off of it, you know, his payment being that really precious hard diamond, you know, that he could absorb. And and I really dug the part where he absorbed the asphalt and caused the wreck, you know, just that kind of thing. But my favorite part of the of the whole episode was when he grabbed that ball and chain. Yes. <laughs> because that is straight out of the comic books. And I knew why they did it. You know, it was just for suckers like me and it completely worked. And so um, you know, I, I thought they did a lot really well with this character. And and just back to the original point, that little collection of items to absorb is one of those things. Is that, you know, that that he keeps these around. And so I like that idea because if I'm the absorbing man, that's going to kind of be my weaponry. You know, the thing I'm going to have some things around me that I can absorb either to fight or to even get away. You know, like what like I love the idea that maybe there's a little vial of water in there that he could just crush and, you know, just kind of splatter and, and get on out of there kind of thing. Now, and the thing that I was astonished by, because I said I, I said this either before we did this section or later in the episode, that I was astonished by the fact that they could do so much because you know it's it's television, and if you, you know because those effects they had, it felt yeah. like movie effects. I was like, they're not going to be able to do that many absor- absorbings and so on. But he absorbed like at least five or six different things, and I wanted to ask you, what was your favorite thing that he absorbed? Like, was it the ball and chain, perhaps? Yeah, that well, that was my favorite. Just out of out of sentimental reasons, I really dug the uh, the, the the moment where he absorbed um, the 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 asphalt. Like I say, to cause that wreck, where he just made himself just a big rock. Um, I also liked the very end where he absorbed the rubber so that he could handle the obelisk. Um, yeah, that was cool. You know, yeah, that that he had, you know, just using the powers the way they made sense. 
I really, I tell you, if I can just talk about the episode as a whole. Absolutely. Talk, you can talk, you know, I want to hear everything you thought about the episode. I thought, if we, thought, I thought we could start with the episode man first, and then we could go into the episode. Right. Well, I, listen, hey, I'm all about geeking out about anything. You know that. Just head over to geekoutpodcast.com. You can hear me. Exactly. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I thought that it is, it is clear to me in watching this season premiere that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is headed in a direction um, that though there may be stuff that ties into the coming Avengers Age of Ultron, that that's not their end game for this show this season. Uh, that they're, they're Obviously, they're more concerned with tying into Peggy Carter's show, you know, Agent... What, what's that going to be called? Agent Carter. Agent Carter. Um, you know, right from the outset, obviously, they're a little more... And there'll probably be some more ties into that as the season goes on. But it was a much stronger opening than even the pilot was. And the idea that part of, and, and what plays into that is you were talking about just the effects. Now, the thing about a TV show is, is where you saw them really use their budget to the fullest this time, that means it's coming out somewhere else. So we'll probably see some low-key episodes that don't have all the superpowers and stuff, but I'm perfectly okay with that. You know, this was what a season premiere should be. It gave you all the bang you want for your buck, and they got the most out of it. And I think that bo—I think it bodes well for uh, for the season to come. You know, this is what you want to do as a television show. That, quite frankly, and I know you loved it from the get-go. Um, Although I from- had I had some of my own problems as well. I still have a few problems with the show. Uh, in t- uh, but you know they're starting to fade away. But yeah, I, when I was a b- huge supporter of, for example, the first half of the season, and I know you and your co-host Derek Rosa, you weren't very fond of that first half. But uh, but then it was, we- it was hit and miss for me. You know, for example, I watched a couple of episodes, and then they have Graviton come in, mm-hmm. and you know the origin of Graviton, and I'm like, oh, I'm totally there because I thought they'd swing back around and have him come out again, which they never did, which is fine. Um, but looking back and knowing what they were doing, they were trying to plant as many subtle seeds as they could to get to the second half of the season. And you know what? That has its weaknesses and its flaws and maybe some strengths. To me, it makes me want to go back and rewatch the first season with the knowledge of where they're going to try to pick up on some of those little things in there. Because apparently, like with Agent Ward, for example, um, the clues are all scattered through there. Yeah, you know? there's actually a, a, a pretty good hint in the pilot to begin with yeah. because they mentioned his family history was a bit rough, so you know that he's coming from a hard place. So you know that could that w- you're completely right. It's a you know you you look at that different. You know, I just got the season one DVD just a few days ago, and I was watching the first couple of episodes, and I, and I felt that oh, I I didn't notice that, and I didn't notice that, and I didn't notice that. Like I, you could see those hints. Right. And, and the thing is, is, is there's so much more involved now in, in what's going on. These characters have a mission, and you know their mission. Their mission's not just, well, let's go find super people. Let's just go find, you know, uh, item 80, you know, uh, what, whatever they call it, 084s. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a mission. The mission is clear. We are fighting Hydra. And S.H.I.E.L.D. versus Hydra is, you know, classic Marvel comic stuff. When they... When they hijack the signal that uh, that you find out it's Whitehall using to uh, communicate with Krill, 
uh, and, and you see the map and all the stuff goes up all over the map, you're like, oh, there's still much more work to be done. And that's what this show can now be. And now I'm able to watch the show without worrying about, well, how is it going to tie into things? Because I think that's what it, this show needs to do more than anything else. I think the tie-ins, if there ever are any, need to be surprises, and they don't need to be advertised as something that's coming. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The whole idea of the way that it tied into the Winter Soldier, that mid-season deal when uh, when they had the clip when the when the button for the episode was the clip of of the the chase scene with fury and the winter soldier walking up um you know that wasn't advertised that you were going to see that it just kind of happened you're like oh so we're in this thing now this ma all this stuff matters and now i think we're in a season where you don't have to worry about that but these characters are I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. I like the characters right off the bat more than I did ever in the first season. I the understand whole that completely. With, <laughs> the whole deal with um, now I still get get Fitz and Simmons confused. Okay. Fitz is the boy, Simmons right. is the girl. Okay, so the whole deal with Fitz that was masterfully played throughout this episode. Yeah, I cry. I, it it and, hurt me so much. Yeah, and and to know that she's gone, and you know, and he's just, he's got this brain damage that's causing him to talk to her as if she's there. Um, you know, now I want to see, and now what I want to see in this season is one of the things I want to see is that character come around, you know, and I want to see Simmons come back. You know, I want to see where Sky goes and I want to see, you know, obviously uh, Ward knows about her parents. So I want to see what, there was just something about this episode apart from Crusher Creel that got me completely invested in what was going on. Phil Coulson just acting like a total BA. You know, we we ended with him scratching the walls with all that alien writing or whatever it is. And um and I like the fact that he is using Sky to try to figure out what's going on with it. You know, not that it's not that he's necessarily let them in on, oh I I did the same thing. You know, but to use it and it's but he's also not hanging there doesn't seem to be the blatant let me put this in your face like in the first season it was real blatant like yeah. oh Olsen's still alive and he wasn't in Tahiti or we're not going to tell him the truth there was never that moment in this episode it you was know, very there, subtle and very discreet exactly and it, it was it, it seemed to be more well written not as much in your face to the effects stuff, you know, one of my problems with the first season was anytime they got in Lola and Flyed, it's like suddenly it looked like a TV show from the 90s. You know, it looked like an effects-heavy episode of The X-Files, just not that great. And I know it, you know, it's ABC, it's Marvel Studios, it's Disney. They have the budget to make, yeah, you know, they have the, they have the budget to make these things look good. And and I just want them to use it to do more stuff. You know, I understand, like I said earlier, I understand there'll be episodes where y you don't have, you know, all the effects stuff, and I'm fine with that. It will, and if I may, may I say this quickly before I forget, it will fit in with this, this season because something that Clark Gregg has said, you know, the, the, you know, who plays Colson, he said this a lot in interviews that this season is very low-key because think about it, he's recruiting new agents and so, and they don't have that many resources. Like, you know, when Fury was in charge, they had infinitive resources, but this season, it's a new shield. It's, you know, it's a new baby. So, you know, it you know, 
it's taking new it's taking its first step and they don't have as much research anymore so it makes sense if we see a low-key episode where they for example let's say they're trapped in the woods for example and mm-hmm. that would make so much sense well and i also like the idea that they recognize they've that that they can't do everything right there from that base and and so their big thing for this particular episode was get the cloaking technology yeah, the Quinjet. And so, that was nice. Something familiar from... from um, Was it in Avengers we saw it? Oh, we saw we saw him in Avengers. We saw him in Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a... You know, remember when... You know, last... I, I remember in the first season when they would like... They would throw in your face, you know... Oh, remember the Super super Soldier Serum? Do you remember the, the hammer? Remember Mexico? Like, it was all like... You were getting that thrown into your face all the time. Like, at the beginning, I was like... You know, it's okay. You know, because you know what? They just came up a successful movie with Avengers. But, okay, but then by episode 5 or 8, I'm like... Okay, we get it. You're part yes. of the Marvel Universe. Like, I know what the hammer is. I know what Mexico was. I know the Super Solo Serum. Like, you know, it's it's fine. You don't have to tell me that. So when they showed the Quinja, it was like, oh, that was perfectly fine. Like, you know, discreetly, you know, it was just there. And it's like, there's there was a reason for it beyond just trying to connect us to this universe. It was, we want to get that for the cloaking technology. And it's so important that we have... um we have potentially sorry about that i know that, that we have potentially put the whole um put the whole mission That's in there. jeopardy you know and and that was and it was so important to um it was so important to colson to get that technology that he did let the rest of the mission kind of fall apart you know and he lo- and lives were lost for that technology, and now the obelisk is in the hands of the enemy. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you a few questions here. Oh, go ahead. Because you're more on the inside knowledge than I am with some of this stuff. With the show or, in the, or you know, Marvel Comics? With, got... with the show. Okay, okay, ask ahead. Is the obelisk an Infinity Stone? See, I was going to ask you the same thing because I was like, I've been Googling all day long. I've been Googling obelisk object, Marvel Comics. I All I can find is like a character that was named obelisk in the comic book. But there's nothing. That, like I, I looked everywhere. I'm like, Infinity Stone, obelisk. I don't find anything. So I, I'm wondering the same thing because it's like, why would Hydra want, want it? And why would they make a, such a big deal out of it? And why... You know, it, it's, I've been wanting the same thing. So I was going to ask you that in a few minutes, but I, I don't know. I wish I knew. But the thing is, they have introduced about two or three Infinity Stones on Earth. So I don't know if, you know, because we're getting, you know, we're almost, we have one movie left before Phase 2 is over. So I don't know if they want to introduce all the, the all the other Infinity Stones in Phase 2. I think they want to save something for Phase 3. But, you know, but this could be something that comes back later in Phase 3. You know, like, maybe it's a hard one to find, because Hydra will get their hands on it. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't want them all to be straight from Earth, necessarily. Uh, and we've only had one that's really been found in space. Um, now, the other... The, well, well, not I guess two, the Ether... But here's the thing, and, and if, I'm, I'm sorry to get off topic again. I know it's I'm making okay. no, it's all right. I, I love have you. I love having you on the show, so you can. It's yes, yes. It's what I do. I, <laughs> it's I was letting you talk. I, I was letting you talk. It's yeah. I was letting you talk. It's what I do when I come on 
shows and stuff and start geeking out as I just talk way too much. I, I end up taking over the whole don't thing. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Um, I, I forget my original point. Oh, no. I will say this, just to get off topic. Um, a lot of people are saying that Loki's staff contains an Infinity Stone. I I I I I don't care what anyone says. I think that it I I think that is a Infinity Stone. It's like, and I don't care what people say when they when they use they, they use this reason to disprove it. They're like, but why would Thanos give him uh, his weapon back if he knew that was an Infinity Stone? But how does no, not, he doesn't know everything? Well, no, but here's the thing. They say in the movie, and someone had emailed me this when I was when I was talking about, it, and I haven't gone back and watched. But they do say in the movie that it was created from the Tesseract. So the Tesseract being the Infinity Stone that created that, that spear. Um, so it's not an Infinity Stone. Uh, oh, it's not? Okay. Right. It, which, is what I'm, which is what I'm understanding. Um, the, the other thing I want to say is the first time I ever saw the word obelisk was in a Marvel comic. Oh, okay. And, and I'm trying to remember which one it was. It may have been... Um, a comic called Quest Probe. Now, Quest Probe was um, some some com- a computer game. It was a series of computer games that featured some of the Marvel comic character Marvel's comics character. Had the Hulk, had Spider Man, and it had um, the Thing and the Human Torch. Okay. In, in these games, and there were comic books that you know kind of spun off of this, not series, just like little one-shot comic books, like Special Issue, Quest Probe, featuring Spider-Man, you know, that kind of thing. <clears throat> it wasn't very, um, you know, wasn't, wasn't this huge thing. There are a lot of people out there who are like, oh, yeah, I remember Quest Probe. Um, but I want to say it might have been in that where there was some type of obelisk they were going after, that sort of thing. Um, actually, with the comic, it was, uh, here, let me just, Pull this up. It was it was meant to be like a twelve issue limited series. Okay. And it was canceled after issue number three because the company that put the game out went bankrupt. All oh, right. Okay, that's okay. Um, now, and what I'm found out through some research here really quickly is the fourth issue, which was uh, featuring the X Men, was actually published several years, a couple of years later, in a, in a comic called Marvel Fanfare. Um, which was, or not a comic, but like a magazine kind of thing that they put out. Um, you know, just almost an anthology, kind of just various stories. And the events were later followed up in a series that I was very familiar with, Quasar. Okay. Um, and, and so it may have been Quasar where I first heard the, the word obelisk. I don't know. But the point is, is I've heard the word obelisk, or the first time I was ever exposed to that word as a kid reading was in Marvel comics. And I don't know that it has anything to do with what we're seeing here. Okay. Did you hear a name? What did you hear a name of a person or the name of an object or like a location? It was, name, it was the name of an object. Oh, but now listen, what I'm saying is, is I would have to dig through thousands of comics to figure out or hundreds, I should say to find where that, where I saw that word. And it might've been a throwaway kind of word or just a one-shot story and you know and so it may have nothing to do whatsoever with you know with with what we saw in agents of shield um there are the thing is is there are there can be artifacts and and and, and things with power 
that don't have anything to do with the Infinity Stones, and I think people need to realize that. Yeah, because it could it could just be you know I I still believe it's alien tech though alien alien tech I think that's well, what I think it it's is. alien tech. If you notice, there was a symbol that would kind of appear on. Yeah, my um my co-host Nikki she pointed out when uh, when Asian Hartley is um Lucy Lawless when she when she touched the stove you could see for a second you could see a couple of uh, symbols on her arm and yes. uh, and I was like and and she pointed out that it was Cree writing or you know. Okay, you know, because they haven't said a Kree or whatever. Uh, it's blue alien writing. I'm like, well, how, that was quick of you to know. I didn't notice that at all, but that could be interesting. And also, speaking of, you know, Kree or blue alien, in the flashback of the Agent Carter cameo. Well, it, I honestly assumed that, you know, because I didn't see the writing, I didn't see the markings on her arm until after, there. I think there was one in her hand. After uh, Creole got it out of there, and when it showed that last shot of her hand, I didn't freeze frame at all. I was, dude, I was in a hurry watching this thing today because I was trying to make sure I watched it and was able to get out of town where I had to be. Um, a la the 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 key with Lionel Luther at the end of season two, you know, send it to me the hand, uh, and and so I think there might have been a little bit of that, but I I know for a fact it was on the stone itself or on the on the on the item itself, and Sky saw it. Like it caught her attention, and so she's going to draw the conclusion that whatever it is she's been studying is related to that. And I think it's safe to say it's some type of Cree technology. It has to be, and also that would be a very good way to do a tie into Guardians of the Galaxy without having to go to into space or have no. you know the main characters from the movie show up in the in the show because then you can pr- pretty much say that oh it's been planned here on earth for many many years like in, like us and also in that agent carter flashback when dum dum dugan who i have mm. an unhealthy addiction to him i love him when he opens <laughs> it's, it's his eyes it's his mustache but when he opens i i'm i'm serious uh, he opens a box and you see like this blue arm and you see some of that writing that he it, remember when we saw the Cree body for the first time yes. uh, and there were some markings on his body body that yes. i think that's where it came from i think mm-hmm. that's the body and it made me wonder so if the a Cree was walk, walking around here in, in the 1940s and so on it makes me wonder has alien aliens been here before in the marvel universe yes definitely um and i think that's what we're going to find out is is that these these things have been around uh you know they've been visiting earth for a while now um and and it's it's most likely going to end up being the Cree, which will be your earthbound connection to what ends up taking place in um you know in the future with stuff now look we know aliens have been around they they call this world uh terra all right, they did. I I completely so, forgot about that. Yeah, you know, so it's obviously something that's known about, and and this is where you got to go. You got to expand out into the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to kind of infer some of these things. So by the time that that ship picked up Peter Quill in the eighties, by the time Yondu picked up Peter Quill in the eighties, uh, you know, Earth was well known as Terra, and so yeah, definitely aliens had been here before, and I don't. That's not a big to me. I don't think it's a big revelation. But now let me, if it's Cree, if that stuff is Cree, let me suggest this to you because it's killing people that try to use it, right? 
Uh, yeah, although it, I think it depends on the person. If if Creel, if Crusher Creel picked it up, what would happen to him? Would he turn into stone, or would he well, actually be able to absorb it and actually be able to use it back and forth? Okay, I'm about to get into that. Okay, Crusher Creel thought better of it. He got the you know he got the non-conductive rubber, the non-organic thing, and picked it up with that on his hand. Okay, <clears throat> we saw the bodies of people who who had been exposed to it you know, there in that opening flashback. We saw what it was doing to Lucy Lawless's character. I'm sorry, I don't remember her name. Oh, uh, Izzy Hartley. Izzy Hartley. And we saw that it was killing her, and she could not let go, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Walk with me here. Okay. The greatest hero of the Marvel Universe in the comic books for years and years and years, by the other heroes, has been a guy called Captain Marvel. Now, nowadays people know Captain Marvel is either Carol Danvers, who we're apparently going to see show up on Shield, or huh? no, I I think you, I think you're talking about Mockingbird. Mm-mm. Oh, she's showing up on the show, but Miss Marvel is not going to be on Shield. Mm. Oh, okay. I think I know. I think I know what they. Are you referring to the rumor that she was supposed to be in Age of Ultron, but they're not sure if they can introduce her yet in a that's post? Yes, that's okay. what it is. Okay. Carol Danvers, yeah, she, she didn't go by Miss Marvel. She went by Captain Marvel. Okay. In the comp. There were a lot of Captain Marvels, but this particular Captain Marvel was a Kree warrior. Marvel is actually his name. And he had these wristbands called Nega Bands. And um, he ended up actually sharing a body with Rick Jones. Rick Jones! Rick Jones! And, and, uh, and, and the reason he had those bands is because there were these other gauntlets called the Quantum Bands who someone else had at the time that was supposed to go to him. He was supposed to be like a guardian of the universe, all right? Uh-huh. Okay, follow me here on this, all right? Okay. The Quantum Bands... were worn by the hero Quasar, eventually. In Quasar, back in the 90s, as you're reading his origin, he got his start at Project Pegasus and all this other stuff. For those of you who are really eagle-eyed viewers, Project Pegasus was the name of the building. You know, it's what they were saying was going on there at the opening of the Avengers. So Project Pegasus is a thing. In in the Marvel Universe, Project Pegasus is kind of like Star Labs. In the DC universe, okay, okay. Um, and but because in the Marvel Cinematic Universe everything's tied into Shield, it's obviously tied into Shield. So everybody who tried these things on would end up, you know, they could fly, they had all this power and stuff, but the power would begin to be too much for them, and it would basically blow them up, destroy them. Um. When Wendell Vaughn, who became Quasar, accidentally put them on, he was using it to fight back. It was either a Hydra or an AIM attack on Project Pegasus. He ended up using them, and then he felt the the power starting to overcome him. And I remember this because I had it. It's Quasar number one from like 1990. And, uh, and I remember him just saying, well, I guess I'll just ride it like a wave. And the energy dissipated. And he's like, well, that's the key. You don't fight it. You just ride it, basically. And he became Quasar. And 
and he used those things for throughout the course of his career. Now they they were very much like um they were more like bracelets with like these big jewels on them. And and in the comics, it would end up being this thing where he's basically using energy and he could shape energy into whatever form he wanted to. Almost gr- very Green Lantern-y, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but here's, here's the thing. If that is Kree technology, it very well could be the material of uh, either the Negabands or these, these Quantum Bands that... Um, that Quasar used. And I think it'd be very cool if, if that's the case, it has nothing to do with the infinity stones. It's just a way in for other heroes and that sort of thing to enter into this thing, uh, enter into this universe. You know, if, if it gets packed away in some big warehouse, a la the Ark of the covenant, the end of Raiders of the lost Ark, that's fine. If it ends up being an infinity stone, that's fine. I think it'd be much cooler and it would set up a larger universe. If everything that has power is not an infinity stone though. That that's interesting. That was a lot of new information for me to take in. So I I totally geeked out on you. You know, it's hey, that's what we do, and that's completely fine. I I see. That's why I want, want really wanted to have you on because you're you know so much about the Marvel universe. Like you're actually like one of the few people that knows this much. Like I you know I know people that knows a lot about the Marvel universe, but you like you because you've read them for so long, you know them so well and you know that you you, you know, know all these references and so on. The fact that you you know you're the only one who knew that there was a reference to Obelisk in the Marvel comics because when I when I even when I couldn't even find one aside from that one character, which was apparently not a big character, but uh, but that's all interesting, and that's something that I think would be a good premise for Shield, you know, in this season. Because I know they have their tagline, "Well, not all su- not all heroes are super," uh, right. but but uh, but you know what? Yes, not every not not every hero is a superhero, but there are there are a couple, and I think that look, not every big character on. In, in the A list or B list can be introduced into the movie. So put it on TV, put some characters that, you, that people love, like Mockingbird, who's coming in episode five. And uh, and by the way, there's been, there's been an, an image release for her. And they also, they've also changed um, a little, a, a very significant, significant thing. I will tell you uh, after recording, but it's, uh, you know, they, they, there's so much they can do. And I like your idea what they could do with, for example, that obelisk, what that could do, or what, how that could tie into other characters and so on, like Quake are or even Captain Marvel for example um I know they they've spoken of how do you pronounce his name is it Mar Marvel Marvel yeah Mar- Marvel um that could be a fun character to see in on Age of Shield for half all I I think all those, you know, those Marvel characters or Marvel characters like Miss Mar- Marvel, for example, they're all being planned for the mo- movies, but it's still a cool concept uh, that they could do on TV. So I like your idea, uh, but to ask you this, as to wrapping up our section, uh, overall you, you're happy about the season premiere, and you're you feel like you feel like it's do you feel like it's almost like a new show? Yes, I, I really do. I feel like the tone. I feel like they know the tone they're going for. See, I feel like there was just a lot. They were, you know, I'm not. I'm someone who says if it's good, you know, I don't feel like you just have to wade through a week first season and people say, well, just wait till you get the second season. I don't feel like shows should ever do that. Um, I feel like a good show should catch you from the first season. Um, they, they obviously had a, a lot they were up against that first season and it took them a while to find their voice and find exactly what they were, um, what, what they were wanting to do with the show. And I, and, and one of the things that shadow 
or Shadows shows, that's the title of the season premiere, is that, you know, they have their voice. They know where they're headed. They know what this this thing is and and they're just and they're moving forward with it. Yes, I I like it and uh, I it's gonna be, it's gonna be so interesting what they're gonna do this season. They they you know I like the code that we got at the end where we we were revealed that with Paul is still alive, but he looks just the same from the forties. So I'm betting it's Infinity Formula. Yeah, I, I assume you know what that is, right? Now what what is this now? In, the Infinity Formula. I don't know what that is. That's what the, the formula that Nick Fury takes in the combos to keep keep his uh, aging uh, getting slower slower. So that's why he's so young, for example. And it also grants some other abilities. So and mm-hmm. that and that's why you know I don't know if that has been con- introduced in the MCU yet, but it would explain a lot why Nick Fury looks still looks, you know fairly good in his for his age and why Daniel Whiffall is able to stand there and looking like like a youngster from the 40s. Mm. It's, it's, right. it's becoming a mar- it's, it's, and that's the thing you know, to wrap it up it's becoming a full-fledged Marvel show. Okay well let me tell you this the the Whitehall character now I'm sure they're not doing this in the comics he was uh, named Kraken. Yes. All right. Uh, and he was actually killed and replaced by uh, Nick Fury's brother Jake at one point. Oh, okay, interesting. It, it very well could be different. All right, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not saying that that it's uh, that it's going to be the same way. Um, I'm trying to do a little bit of. of I just want to make sure that I've got all the information that I have uh, before we. Uh, we before you let me go because I really want, I really want to know where I saw that word back in the day because it's I, uh, whenever I've seen that word since I always think of Marvel comics you know, and so um, anyhow that's just what I'm, but I can't seem to find it so I'm sorry. No worries, let- but uh, but I'm so glad to hear that you loved the episode and that you love Crusher Creel and who you know he's gonna be back next week so who knows maybe we can bring you on for a couple of minutes like next week and you know just to see you know how his story ends you know for at least for that episode because you know who knows maybe we'll see him later this season but um you know but I would love to hear you know your you know this you know what you thought about the second part so uh, if you, if we can work it out I would love to have you on again. Well, we'll try to work it out, and I'll try not to take so much of your time. No, look, I look, we, you know, I, I said that the season premiere of our podcast was going to be a big one, and, and you know, the fact is, you know, you have meant so much to me as a as a podcast, you know, guru, mentor, whatever you want to call it, you know, for so many years. You know, I've been podcasting now for, podcasting for three years almost now, and so you know, and to you know, be able to sit with the guy who inspired me, you know, and not just that, but, you know, to embrace my geekdom, because, you know, there was times where, you know, you know, in my school and stuff, people would get, get, on, get, you know, get on me because they were like, oh, why do you like Smoles so much? I'm like, because it's the amaz- most amazing show ever. And it, 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 it's super badass. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, when I, when you, you, you and Derek made me, and, you know, the guys from, you guys made me embrace that being a geek, you know, like, I thought I was, like, alone in these things and so on. Like, you know, no one, like, maybe I'm, maybe I care too much about it. But then I listened to the podcast and I was like, you know what? F those idiots in, in high school. Like, I, I I can be proud of what I love. So, you know what? Like, you know, that's why, 
This means so much to me. Look, I want to even make this a goal for this season that you will come on and host a full episode with me. We will talk about the entire episode together. Uh, you know, th- you know, there's so many we can pick from. You know, and I, I, it would be huge for me and huge for the podcast to have you on again. And we could talk lots, lots of Marvel stuff. Maybe we can even do, you know, some a fun episode during the hiatus for Shield. Uh, you know, we could talk about various topics and so on because you you, you know so much about it, and it makes me it, I, I want to learn more about it. So, um, but I I I've, I'm thank you so much for coming on, and I want you to tell our listeners what is the Goloverse. Tell us all about the Patreon and everything. Okay, well, the Goloverse is our network of podcasts that you can find at geekoutpodcast.com. We've got Geek Out Loud, which is a flagship show. It's a show I started seven or eight years ago, where we just celebrate the things we love. And, and sometimes it's me, sometimes it's my uh, co-host Derek with me, sometimes it's me and a guest. And, uh, and we're just, you know, it, it, it's not going to be your place to find up-to-date news, but it is going to be your place to come and hear someone just love on the things that we love. And uh, we try to make sure that the fan, inter- not fan, but listener interaction is is very apparent as I love feedback. And so... We spend a lot of time in each episode reading people's emails, and that starts a lot of discussions. And, um, you know, that, that sometimes even whole episodes spin off of, like the Marvel vs. DC episode we did. But also at Geek Out Podcast, you're going to find Mark Out Loud, which is our wrestling podcast. You're going to find Rock Out Loud, which is our rock and roll music podcast. And you're going to find Disney Vault Talk, which is exactly what it sounds like, our Disney podcast, where we're walking through all of the animated films of uh, Disney and uh, having a great time doing that. Now, uh, we have a thing on Patreon.com. Patreon is a great service that helps things get that helps things like this get crowdsourced. And uh, at Patreon.com slash GeekOutLoud, people can chip in to have their name on the Goliverse Wall of Fame at GeekOutOnline.com. They can chip in a little more and get an exclusive podcast every month where myself and sometimes a guest are doing commentaries on some movies we love. Uh, right now, we're currently actually going through the Marvel Cinematic Universe with those commentaries uh, leading up to Avengers Age of Ultron uh, next year. So the math worked out, I thought, and then I realized, no, there's going to be a couple months where I have to do two exclusives. But that's fun. It's fine. It, we have a good time doing it. But um, And, you know, and there's, there's different levels of giving, but it's a monthly thing rather than just a one-time thing like Kickstarter. So people are, are actively involved in helping the Goldiverse thrive and be good and 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 be on be online on a regular basis and so it's just been a really cool thing it's a great way to interact with people we do most of our shows live when we can at mixer.com slash goalaverse and so anyone who's not familiar with it give us a listen and uh andy you can hear andy often on the big honking show so when, yes. when he calls in so and um, uh, and you know sometimes guy you know I'm I'm creepier than I'm, than I am usually here I know I'm a, I'm a very creepy person but on Geek Out Loud because I'm the face in the window on the mm-hmm. wall of fame I'm known as the face in the window the the master of darkness so uh, yeah and you know mixer.com has Goldivers you know, you know like like he said if you haven't heard them before come on and join us you can, you know you can join this mixer Stew crew which consists of a lot of great people you know sit in the chat and talk with us and you know as you listen to all these various shows and so on, and, um, and you know he he, he remember he also does geek out loud live uh, as well as you know that you know rest you know mark out loud rock out loud and so and it's you know he has some amazing co-hosts like Dave Jones and Teresa and Kristen and 
and so on. And it, of course, Derek Russell. Like, how could I forget him? And uh, so, guys, check it out. You know, if you want to listen to the guys who made me start podcasting, this is it. This is it. He is. It, it's the, it's the best deal you will get, and it's um, it's a lot of fun. Like you you feel part of. You really feel feel part of a community. So. Uh, it's amazing, but Steve, thank you so much for coming on, and you know we will talk to you soon again. I'm, I, I hope because you know we're do we we are, we are a Marvel podcast, and you are Marvel, you're a Marvel guy, so we I'm sure we can work something out again, and uh, I, I hope you had fun. Well, I, I appreciate. it. I did have a blast, and I hope I didn't talk too much. Thanks for having me on, Andy. Yeah, you're so welcome. And that's what Steve Lawson had to say about the Absorbing Man and the episode itself. Thank you, Steve, so much. You guys know where you can find all the Gulliver shows. You heard it in the section. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have Steve on again this season. You know, he, he you know he's a Marvel fanboy, and he he was really happy when I told him about the news about uh, uh, about Crusher Creel joining the show. So uh, thank you, Steve, so much. And uh, now going back to our discussion, we're gonna. You know, the Absorbing Man was a lot of fun, and I will—I can't wait to see what they do else with him. I didn't know they could do so much with him, though, uh, in terms of effects, because that was like, look, I thought, oh, okay, we will—we might see him absorb two or three things, but it was like four or five or six of them. I was like, wow, that's—that's that's a lot of special yeah. effects being plus, used. Plus, plus he absorbed the bullets. I mean, they just kind of went in there and like no impact at all. Yeah. Now let's focus on our core characters from from last season. You know we have. And this is emotional because. Fitzsimmons ain't Fitzsimmons anymore. Fitz. He needs some helper monkey. Yes, Adam. What did you think about the revelation about Fitz in this episode? You know, being that I, you know, being that like many comic geeks, I tend to follow news, you know, relating to like castings or plots, you know, with upcoming episodes i was oh man i was so surprised Mm -hmm. by the revelation that he was just completely hallucinating her like it it honestly like left me speechless for a couple for a little bit and i was it was really tragic and you know you can't say that about a lot of moments but i again it it just left me speechless it was really sad yeah it was it was, I mean, I knew he would not come back whole because of the traumatic brain injury and the, the lack of oxygen for so long, uh, just from a practical standpoint. But I yeah. was, I was devastated for him because he's such a great character and he was, I mean, it showed how dependent they were on each other, not just as friends, but as work, you know, as two people who work together so closely and, to lose that connection, like that's his connection really to so much. Um, otherwise he'd be stuck in a lab all day and he wouldn't get out. But Gemma, you know, she, she like helps him see that he's more than just a tech nerd and he needs her. And that was shown so beautifully by all the times that they showed them together, like her talking to him it just showed me how much he needed her and um, to then to find out that she'd been gone for months and that she, she left. I mean, is she still working? My question is, is she still working somewhere within shield? 
just not with Fitz. She's just not there for him um, because she can't, she thinks it's best for him. But I think what's best for him is for her to be there. Well, and that's the thing too. Yeah. Like what was so surprising is it wasn't just that they revealed that, you know, he was completely delusional. It was the fact that they made it, they set it up at first that he says, oh, you know, he's a little forgetful. He's Mm -hmm. can't think of certain words. He can't remember certain procedures. And I was thinking during the episode, like, you know, for a guy who like nearly died, he's handling this pretty well. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, again, at the end, they just made that reveal. and just like, oh, yeah. this is way worse than it, we thought. It was so heartbreaking exactly for that reason. It's like, oh, he's just struggling with words. He's got a fa- speech aphasia. Um, so, but she's there to help him. She's there because she reads it. She knows him so well that she can finish his sentences Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's not there to finish his sentences is is so heartbreaking because he he it's like you were seeing a glimpse into his mind. He knows the words. He knows what he wants to say. He just can't say it without her, without her prompting him. And it was just oh my god when Colson started talking about and did the reveal that Gemma wasn't there. Um, it was just like, oh my god! It was so painful, just emotionally, to watch Fitz go through that, and to know that that whole throughout the whole episode and through all of his um, frustration, he didn't. He really he had to make her up. He had to put her in his head to survive. I'm um, I'm looking back at the photos from um, not the photos, but um, the episode because I bought on iTunes this morning and. I didn't realize that she was wearing the same clothes from last season, um, from from mm-hmm. a certain episode. And I'm, but there was one point where I, when I was trying to figure out something is not correct here, because when Melinda was talking to him, she didn't look at her, at, she didn't look at Simmons at all. She only kept referring to Fit as you, 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 you. Right. And he yeah, never. I, I noticed that too. Yeah. So. He, I knew something was up. I was like, no, Anna, you're just being a nutcase once again. You, you know, you're just looking to, into things too much. But I was like, she was never there. And he I made was, me so sad. I just, when, when that was happening, I just thought she brought him the things. She was more concerned about him and his mental state that she did kind of glance to the side. But so it kind of made me think that maybe she saw Gemma. But because she was so focused on... Um, Fitz being okay and that she was going to stay while he did what he had to do. I just thought it was, you know, her being a mama bear a little bit and that Gemma wasn't really in on the conversation. Now, but what, what is... now looking back at it, it's like, oh. We should have seen that. Yeah, yeah. Now, but I have but to they ask... did a really good job of playing that. Yeah, before we move on from Fitzsimmons, I need to ask you guys this. What is... Is this PTSD? Like, what? what is his condition, like, you know, if you look at it medically? I mean, uh, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think it's PTSD. Adam, your, do- your dad is a doctor. You need to know something. Doesn't mean I'm a doctor. <laughs> you need to know something. Yeah, my mom's a nurse. I'm not a nurse. I, I think he but, has cerebral damage. Um, I think uh, it's affecting... I think it's definitely affecting his... The, the communication between his brain and his vocal cords. Um, speech is a motor function. It's not like a lot of people think it's a cognitive function. Um, but it sounds based on my work is in special education. It sounds like he, it looks like he has speech aphasia, which means 
that part of his speech center is uh, damaged. And if he's having delusions, frontal lobe damage as well. I am so angry at Ward right now because it is all his fault. Oh, Ward. (laughs) Let's talk about Sky Ward for a second. But but, uh, well, to fan, to some fans there are. And okay. Before we, I start talking about the whole thing. Can we just agree that Sky has grown into, into such a badass character on the show? Yeah, she was banging. Yeah, she was phenomenal. Oh, she did there. <laughs> <laughs> Sky bangs. Da dum dum. Did you guys hear that? Oh, oh snap! Sky bangs. I think I tweeted like, "Bang bang, Sky's." Something, you know, was shot me down or something. I was quoting a share song. <laughs> now, like, I just enjoy her so much. Like, I loved her in the in the second you know, in the second half of last season. But like, seeing how powerful she has become, um, it makes me so happy. She is the Buffy of the show. She's definitely grown into a kind of a more badass character because now she's like. You know, she was obviously useful last season, but now, you know, she's on the front lines. She's shooting down enemies and kicking yeah. all sorts of ass. I really liked it. And it sounds like she's training with Melinda May, so who, who better to train her? She's definitely grown as a character in all ways. Um, so I, I liked seeing a, a different side to her, and she's committed, but there's still the old Sky is still there. Yeah, she's, she's just she's adding. Hacking. Still hacking. She's not. T- not taking away from Sky, she's adding to Sky. So, is there anything else we want to say about Sky? Because you know she was, uh, you know, we saw, saw her in a lot of scenes, and we saw her. You know, she had a, a lot of interactions with Melinda, which I loved. Uh, you know, they're becoming like they're becoming partners and so on. And uh, but seeing that scene, you know, with her and Ward. Um, first of all, can we just agree that he looks like a nutcase? Not not because of the beard, but because of his eyes. He's like yeah. He looks like he's a little deranged because like he looks at her like she's a cookie and he's cookie and monster. He, <laughs> Cookies. He, 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 did you see how he was looking? It was like, he, he was, was like, like kind mm-hmm. of floating. He, he felt like he was very like, Oh, hello sky. Oh, she's here. And yeah, he, he was it was kind of like creepy. He was talking yes. like he was on painkillers. A lot of painkillers. I'm talking like maximum Percocet before you pass out. <laughs> he was so like wibbly wobbly in his brain. Like, hello. And I, I do think that the Hannibal Lecter Clarice Starling setup was kind of funny. I don't get uh, the, I don't get the reference. Silence You've of never the seen Silence of the Lambs? No. You must watch uh, it. Go watch Silence of the Lambs. Then you'll get the whole dichotomy between Port and Sky because he was definitely <laughs> Hannibal Lecter in that scene. Oh, definitely. Only a little less um, uh, cannibalistic. cannibalistic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was definitely like, oh, it was like the like ice cream just walked in the door and he was ready to <laughs> was just like, sit down to a like, bowl of them. But I thought that that scene was very telling because I think Ward showed a lot of vulnerability when he, it's not serving any purpose for him really. Um, Like admitting all the times he tried to commit suicide and which was really hard to hear, even though Ward is such a jerk. Sorry. You can say say dick. He's a dick. (laughs) He's an asshat. He's a douchebag. Oh my. 
Uh, Steph, if you listen to this episode, just <laughs> know that I understand your love for Ward, but he's a little bit cuckoo for bananas right I now. Do think, I do think they're setting it up for possibly a redemption. I don't know how you how Coulson can ever trust him again, but I think the fact that he's there and they still need him and that they're seeing a change in him, it, it could possibly lead to a redemption. I don't see them letting him out because of his crimes. You know against- what? I have a speculation. <laughs> I think they're going to let him out. Uh, I think Colson, at some point in this season, he is going to approach him and be like, look, I need a, I need a man of your expertise. <laughs> and we then... Need... But... They, have, they have a key into Hydra. They have a like a glimpse into Hydra, at least as much as Ward knows. And he could tell them what Garrett knew and what Garrett told him. So I think it's totally cool that they're keeping him, you know, locked up in the dungeon. Yeah, but the thing is, if if Coulson does free him, because, you know, he says, oh, I need a man of your expertise for this mission. No one else can do it but you. That's when we'll truly see whether Ward truly wants to redeem himself or if he's just going to go screw the team over yet right. again. I mean, I, mean, I can Angle forgive... Monitor. I can forgive... Um, no, we Ward. can't. We can't forgive him for anything. He can, can F- I just finish? Sorry, I'm just so angry at him. He messed up Fitz. Oh, yes. not a good human being. No, at all. Um, I'm saying we can forgive. I mean, I think as a society, Shield kills people, Hydra kills people, Ward killed people. Everybody on that team pretty much has killed somebody in the line of duty. He was in the line of duty for Hydra. I don't like what he did. I hate what he did. But my biggest issue with him is not that he killed uh, Hand or Koenig. My biggest issue with him was the betrayal of trust. That I find... I mean, you can forgive someone for murder. I can't forgive someone for the betrayal of trust. That will take me far longer than it would than forgiving him for killing Koenig and Victoria. It's the betrayal of trust. I completely I agree. I can't get over that. I mean, I forgave Loki for killing my favorite character because I expected that of Loki. Loki made no pres- presumption of innocence. There was no betrayal of his character. He was out to kill. He killed. I didn't like what he did because he took Coulson away from me for a while. But I can I can understand that. I can forgive that because that's who he is. Ward completely tricked us. We thought he was one thing and he was another. He was not upfront about his villainy. And that's what I can't forgive. Completely agree. He knows something about Sky's father. Well, yeah, because Why does he do that? Well, she doesn't know because she opaqued him. No, no, no. Why does he... How does he know about it? Raina? Probably from Garrett. Garrett? He was in the files. He was... He he, he had access to things that he wasn't supposed to have access to. So I think there's a lot of ways that he could have found out about that. Maybe Garrett is in his brain talking to him. Oh, now that would be cool. (laughs) Because then we'd get Bill Paxton back. You want you want Bill Paxton back on the show? Just like the hallucinatory <laughs> voice that he hears. He would be like, yeah. he, that would be the so one who's, He's the demon 
and Sky's the angel on his shoulder. On the shoulder. <laughs> yes. He's got a little Garrett on his shoulders with the little devil horns, and then he's got Sky with the halo. Oh man, that must happen. Yeah, yeah I know. At least somebody fan art it. Somebody do a fan art with this. Guys, if you do that, we will send you some some freebies. If, yes. Though, if hey, I know who we can we can ask uh, Paige. Well, I don't know. She does her own podcast, but I buy a lot of her stuff, so I can. <laughs> Um, I can also send cookies. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, but I, I think that was a very interesting um, conversation. It was very dark. This whole episode was very dark compared to what we've seen before. And um, I know a lot of f- fans were loving the fact that it's a bit darker now. Um, but uh, I'm... I, well, we're I, underground. It's going to be dark. Yeah, that's, and I like I honestly like that. Mm-hmm. That's darker, more underground, more ragtag. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I'm. I'm just t- trying to think a lot because this is, you know, this is a season premiere. So I'm trying to put my thoughts well together and so on. Well, there was also our introduction to the new villain. Yes, mm-hmm. and you know that's a good segue into you know wrapping the, the discussion up because we get to meet once again Daniel Withhall, aka the Kraken. Again, we see him in the pre- in the flashback, and then we see him in the present. Um. He doesn't age, apparently. Yeah, it looks like a <laughs> Dude, this Strucker is... He's Hydra. What if this is the introduction of the Infinity, for- Infinity Formula from the comic books? It could be. It just it's, it looks like Baron Von Strucker isn't the only Hydra officer who doesn't age. Well, I, well he makes me happy well, then. In the comics, Madam Hi- uh, Viper was uh, yeah. formerly yeah. Madam Hydra and she didn't age either. But I don't think we can use her because... Or, although maybe it's the Quicksilver situation that we can use Madam Hydra, but we can't use the name Viper. It's possible because that, that Viper was not the Viper from the comics in the Wolverine. That's not how Viper is. That's not who Viper is. At least the Madam Hydra Viper. If we're yeah. going to go with Madam Hydra. She did not have those abilities. No, I know, but so like if we if we see Madam Hydra, we cannot hear the name Viper or her mutant side. Let right. me say this: if they, they do intro, go ahead. No, you go. I was just saying. Okay, I was did. just gonna say if they do address like if the Infinity Formula is responsible for him not aging, I hope that it's something that is also expanded upon like the in the movies. Yeah, because with Disney Fury, we don't know if he's, you know, just aging like a normal person or if he has been around since, you know, World War One, World War Two. I mean, in the early 20th century. So I think it would definitely be an interesting plot device if they uh, if they use that for the show. Yeah, I agree. I've spoken about this um, a few times last season that I would have and, and it was mostly off microphone with Dan. But I always said that I would love to see them bring in that formula and uh, because it, it would give us some more in-depth in um in fury's back history and we will all you know and like i still want to see nick fury's son because i kept thinking that, that geogus was going to play him and you know maybe that the reason he has powers is because, it's because of the affinity formula because like you know those those centipedes that, that was on his arm i actually thought that was a formula so um i i think it could make sense or, or he's it could you know i know in the combo he has this special helmet that grants him certain abilities could that be, you know, will we see that helmet? If the show is going to start, you know, obviously using more comic book characters and comic book tropes, 
then yeah, it's a definitely po- definite possibility. You know, the armor and the helmet. I don't know if the helmet would work quite as like because if I remember correctly, that in the comic books the helmet is sentient. I don't know if it would work exactly the same way in the TV show, but right. I think it's a definite possibility we could see something similar to it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was int- very intrigued indeed, and I think it was a a cool post credit scene. Uh, a very marvelly, you know, it felt very like a Marvel Studios film post credit scene, <laughs> and uh, no, but and you know the end scene with you know Lance Hunter and his gang being attacked by the Absorbing Man, you know that was also a fantastic cliffhanger to this amazing episode, and uh, you know we have a lot to talk about in next week's episode because um, a group of press members last night uh, at the time of recording they, uh, on the on the premiere night of Shield, they were actually getting to see somewhere in LA. I think they were they were getting mm-hmm. to see the first episode with the cast, and yeah. then they also got to see the second episode. And none of them are allowed to say anything about it. But everyone that has tweet, you know, said something about it, you know, they, you know, they you know, they put this disclaimer that you know we can't say anything about the episode, but it's really good. Like this episode, I don't know. I can't even imagine what's going to happen in this episode because I don't remember. That so many press people being that thrilled thrilled about an upcoming episode, right? No, I don't even remember once during Shield's first season where they were like, "Guys, it's really good." That's a good. Yeah, sign. I remember Clark. I remember Clark saying something like, "If you liked the like at Comic Con, he said if you liked that episode, it just keeps getting better." Because they had just read the script for episode two. Yeah, but it, it, looking bad back now, episode two of Shield season one wasn't that good. No, it, it wasn't what I expected because I, you know, I listened to Clark, and I, I take what he says very seriously. Um, but so I was like, "Is really this? You think this is better than episode one?" Yeah, I was was my thought, but yeah. I still liked the episode. I mean, I liked every episode. I mean, that's I mean, I'm the person who loves the prequels in Star Wars. Um, I liked every yeah, yeah, Adam. I liked every episode. I will give you some. Yeah, Adam, I will give you some compensation for having to hear that. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. It's you know what? Just, I don't love them like I love the original trilogy. I will say I'm, this: Star if it hadn't been for Hayden Christensen and some of the scripts. That is some of the things they've written in those scripts for those three movies. I would have enjoyed them completely because I think it's a fantastic cast they have. You know, mm-hmm. Liam Neeson, Natalie Portman, Samuel Jackson. It's like, come on. Okay, if you if you start me talking Star Wars, you know I'll know. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna let's go back to Marvel's Age of Shield. Uh, but yeah, guys, you know, I'm gonna give it a five out of five. This was a phenomenal premiere. A great way to reboot the show a little bit after, mm-hmm. you know, the mishaps that he had last season. There's so many things they can do this year with all their characters they're bringing in. And, uh, you know, we, we don't even know half of the things that are gonna happen this year. Is it gonna tie into Age of Ultron, for example? Maybe. Maybe not. But, um... It's, um... The destruction of Shield as a huge entity is the best thing that happened for this show. Yeah, it, <laughs> it makes it so much. Listen boring. to how we said it. The-, the opportunities that it provides, because now it's not cut and dried anymore. We're not the good guys, hundred percent. We have to be 
shady. know, we have to play both sides. We have to be a little shady and stuff. We have to go into the shadows. We have to go dark. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that that brings so much more drama to to the show, and it's so many more possibilities. It opens up so much, and I really think that whoever whoever at Marvel decided in Captain America Winter Soldier that they were going to destroy Shield. I think that was one of the best decisions, and that they've made. And next to casting Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, um, and it almost makes up for what happened in the Avengers. Almost. What 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 rating would you give uh, give this episode? Well, I'm I'm a teacher, so I give it an A minus. Because it wasn't perfect. Because nothing is perfect. They have to keep winning my love. <laughs> I will go the classic uh, between 1 to 10 stars. And I will give it 8 out of 10. Ooh, a B. I like that. It leaves room for improvement and growth. Maybe I, maybe add a plus to that. But yeah, definitely room for improvement. Adam, if I give it a 5 out of 5, <laughs> you can go... Okay. We're all different. We all have our own opinions. Yeah, okay. We have exactly. to leave room. We have to leave room. And anyway, uh, but you guys, you know, one of the reasons we do this podcast is because we want to hear what you guys think about each episode of Shield. So Nikki is gonna, and she's gonna take. She's for now on. She's gonna take over the, the. She's gonna be our tweet uh, <coughs> correspondent for uh, from now on when it comes to reading your feedback about each episode of Shield. So we're gonna take some time to read you know your feedback so nikki what did the people of twitter have to say about shadows well at jasmine rivera said unbelievable ready for episode two next week agreed mm-hmm. yep uh at laura uh converses i want ward to see what he did to fitz oh my god yes he needs let to him, know what his actions caused let him face that yes yeah. that might break ward a little bit um, HP at HP Facts two hundred one. Poor Fitz and oh, nice beard ward. It looks good. <laughs> he did look good, scruffy. I will say that. Yeah, I I, I just want to rub it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> at Hail, uh, I'm guessing it's Hater four, H T T R. Uh, crazy good. Glad to see the team back together. Uh, Cat at uh, Bitwizzle. Everything I hoped for and more. Yep, I agree. Definitely. Um, at Gomez, my Vogue. Great <laughs> Twitter handle. Yes. Uh, the best part was the Skyward conversation. I can't deal. That was that was pretty intense. Because Sky is having none of his BS. Stuff. At Born to Eat Bacon. Mind-blowing, awesome, yet also left me dangling painfully what, wondering what comes next. Hashtag all in. Hashtag all in. Uh, at Pete's Basement. Awesome start to the season. Absorbing Man was sick. Definitely the best part. Poor Fitz. And Xena better be back. She, she better. She better. <laughs> at Lauren Galloway, I cried my eyes out at the end reveal about Aww, Fitzsimmons. Poor Lauren. You know, she's a good friend of the podcast. And like when it, when I saw her tweet, you know, first tweet, I was like, oh my god. It's like, it makes me, you know, it makes me so happy to you know see that how much much these characters mean for the fans okay at molly rebecca 31 who is awesome to talk to um i liked when hartley found the 084 in the warehouse scene it looked like it was out of indiana jones and the crystal skulls ah, that's a- i thought i was the only one Dude. <laughs> i know me too <laughs> i, I still know. haven't seen that oh, um, yeah, there's exactly. a scene in the warehouse where the ark of the covenant was stored 
Um, at Senpai01, excited for this season. Today's episode gives me the feeling that this is what's going to happen for the rest of the season. Um, at uh, BLA, BLKSDNY58, I'm undecided. I like the show, but it looks like they dragged the plots out for too long. Um, what? It depends on the episode. It depends on the episode, but okay. Um, Shield uh, TVF. Isn't yeah. that, aren't those our friends? Those are our friends, uh, uh, Hank um, uh, from TV Fanatic. That's the, the, the TV Fanatic's uh, Shield account. So make sure to follow them at Shield TVF. They're awesome. Thoughts on the episode? Outstanding. What a way to kick off season two. Yeah, make sure to read this uh, review, by the way, on TVFanatic.com. It's really yes. good. Um, my uh, comrade in arms at Agent Coulson's Army at uh, Full of Hay also known as Page Master. He was live tweeting the East Coast feed on the iHeart Colson account. I so saw he that. Was, so he did a great job. I had spies like, watching out for him. Amazing episode. So many new faces. So well put together. Great start to what's sure to be a great season. At Blurred Words, Agent Trip's cover ID and the twist with Fitz were awesome. He looked so good in Talbot's uh, suit. Oh, he looked good. He looks good in uniform. Yeah. Shot dress man. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Man crush. Um, at Can Brown, heart-wrenching and raging, mind-boggling. All reasons I watch a show. Damn, I'm a sadist. Great season premiere. <laughs> at Drunk Agent, loved it. Great way to return. Lots of action, lots of characters. What was the hand- Twitter handle? Was it Drunk Agent? Drunk agent. Oh my god, that is so good. That's fabulous. Um, at Aaron Flynn, literally screamed no during the Fitzsimmons reveal scene. The writers are amazing. At um, Maurice Jo, three things. One, they're back. Two, new crew love. Not replacements, they're their own characters. Excellent point. They're not yeah. replacing anybody. Yeah, definitely, a three, yeah. Agent Carter will be epic. Yes, oh, I'm so excited. Yes, I hope so. And our my good friends over at this Clark Gregg Reporter. Yeah, our good friends. So this is from B at Clark Gregg Reporter. This is what she emailed us. Um, fabulous! If you're not following them, follow. Yes. Uh, in no particular order. In no particular order. These are her thoughts. Memories of the Sixth Sense, notwithstanding, I'm side-eyeing anybody who says they knew Fitz. Poor Fitz was talking to himself and not to Simmons. And even before I knew the truth, the Fitzsimmons interactions were heartbreaking. They were. It was like hard watching him struggle. Yeah. That was me, not not her. Oh. Um, love <laughs> the new feel of the show. It's more pop, a little more populated, a little overcrowded, and even a little grubby. Make It feels much more real. Great villain, too. I know the Absorbing Man from comics, and they did a great job bringing him to life. Kudos to Mark Kolpak and the SFX team. Very glad that Creel's still in the wind, though. Somebody like that can't be taken down in a single hour of television. And poor Coulson. I get the sense that he's doing a, as good a job as he possibly can as director, given the obstacles he and the team are facing. But he's so clearly isolated, intentionally, from most, from almost everybody else on the team, it makes me sad. And this was from B at the Clark Gregg Reporter. And she's awesome. They're all yeah. awesome over there. Maybe we, can have, um, maybe we can have her on the show one day. Oh, I hope so. Also, we, if you want a really great blog entry on with thoughts about agents of shield where are you it was right here take your, take your time 
some reason, it's disappeared. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, follow on Twitter, and you'll get a link to his blog. He's really insightful. What, what's his Twitter name? It's Joshua W. Mucray. Okay. Well, then let's make sure, make sure to follow him, then. And he wrote a great blog post on his blog um, about last night's episode. And for some reason, I cannot find the link. But I will post it at agentcolsonsarmy.tumblr.com, and I will tweet it on Twitter. Oh, oh, there it is. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's all of our, um, our feedback. Those are all the tweets. That's all the. That tweets. was a lot. That was a lot. I I do have the blog in front of me, but um. We we don't have time to read the whole thing. We don't have time to read it, but it's called uh, mukray.blogspot.com. Go check him out. He's awesome. Sweet. Cool. Uh, well, guys, thank you so much for all the feedback. See, this is you know to me, a year ago, you know around this time when I first launched a podcast, you know a few weeks before that, before September. No, I didn't know what was gonna happen to the show, you know, the podcast, you know, like if it was gonna, if people were gonna, if people were gonna listen to it, if people were gonna, you know, you know, if they were gonna tweet, tweet in this much and so on. Like, it, it, it moves me so much that you guys are so happy about the, the show, you know, that you love to see the premiere of Shield, and that, that you support us so much on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, you know, our Twitter feed were exploding that, like, expl- exploding last night. It was crazy. My phone wouldn't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was It was hard not to be on during the East Coast feed, because I didn't want spoilers, um, but my, uh, because I uh, handed the handle over to uh, James, aka at Full of Hay, um, my it was just constant dinging. I had to turn my phone off for a while. Yeah, well, you, you Nikki, you, you know what? Just move over, to, just move over uh, with me at the at the East Coast, and we can watch Shield together every Tuesday night at the at the right well, time. I'm I'm actually moving over to the West Coast. Okay, so week, so, so you'll so have to wait longer. So, so I I'll form. <laughs> I won't be able to watch it. On my watch it live in Mountain Time, and then watch the DVR version and like and tweet with the West Coast anymore. Well, um, you, you can form the West Coast Avengers, and I will form the East Coast okay. Avengers. And uh, well, Adam- Hawkeye and Mockingbird were two of the West Coast Avengers. Yeah. I'm happy with okay, and Adam is with me, uh, whether he wants it or not. And uh, but. <laughs> Uh, no, but once again, it's this was a fantastic episode, and thank you guys so much for tweeting. And remember that if you want to have your thoughts read on this podcast, just tweet us at Shield Radio every week once the Shield has aired, and we will read it on the show. You can email us just like be dead at helicarepodcast at gmail dot com, and um, yeah, we read every feedback we get. You know, we we're gonna you know we're gonna close this out you know we have a spoiler section to get to after the music but uh, but you, you know where you can find the podcast at uh, helicarepodcast.com that's the official website of the podcast and of course you can also follow uh, Nikki's uh, amazing Tumblr page Agent Colson Agent Colson's and uh, she posts great stuff there and I it's I don't use Tumblr a lot, but she's the only Tumblr page I actually follow. And I actually like to follow. Well, I follow a lot of Tumblr people, but she, you're the only one I actually like to look at. Oh, thank you. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Shield Radio. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash helicarepodcast. Jo- join us at Google Plus at uh, as we're part of Colson's Cadets. 
on Google Plus, which is the the the, the TV fanatic struggle page uh, formed by Hank, formed by Hank who works with TV fanatic and who's also the um, the guy who runs uh, the Shield TVF Twitter account. He does amazing work, and hopefully we will have it on the podcast this season. And uh, you can read his his reviews of Shield or at TVFanatic.com. Great stuff, and thank you so much, Hank, for letting us be part of the, the Google Plus Circle, and uh, that's where we'll also get to post our episode as well, a link to our web episodes as well. And um, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Guys, make sure to rate and subscribe and review us, uh, because we want to know what you think about the podcast, because it's a... Uh, it's our second season now. We have our own iTunes feed and our own Stitcher Radio feed. And uh, we would love to hear what you guys have to say about our podcast. Are we doing a good job? What can we improve? And what do you love most about the show? And uh, you can find us over at uh, the, the Mixed Radio Network. We go live every Monday night, 10 p.m. Miami time. Jack, you are... Your voice is you. Your voice is a superhero. You are a superhero. Thank you so much for letting us be part of the network. And uh, also, I am happy to announce something a little special for you guys. We're uh, you know we're getting some support from uh, TV Tag. We uh, we are um, you know TV Tag is the you know the social media page where you can you know uh, check in and get stickers, uh, um, internet stickers for your shows. And we. You know, we just want to thank them so much, you know, because they are a huge support supporter of the show, and um, and uh, I'm gonna pl- 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 plug their their Twitter page. Uh, it's at TV Tag Shield, and uh, they're doing a great job. They're so excited about Shield and, and other TV shows as well. So uh, follow them on the TV Tag Shield, and um, and and yeah, it's um. And we're so happy to be, you know, working with them a little bit and so on. You will hear more about it in the in the near future. And uh, you can email us at healthcarepocket.gmail.com. And uh, if you have any questions about uh, the podcast or if you want to tweet in your longer thoughts about each episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. and so on. And, um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. Adam, tell us about your work that you do on the internet because you write a lot. Right. I, uh, I write for UnleashTheFanboy.com. We write a lot about geek news, whether it's movies, television, comic books, uh, video games, stuff like that. I also do occasional editorials for WhatCulture.com. Great website. You should check it out. And if people want to specifically find my work, you can find it at, on my Twitter page at Adam underscore Holmes 789. I tweet a lot about geek topics, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Doctor Who. Game of Thrones, all that. So, uh, check my page out. Yeah, and and Nikki, we mentioned your Tumblr page. Um, yes. Is there anything you want to add sp- uh, specifically to that? Um, if you want to follow more than just my Tumblr, you can follow me on Twitter at iHeartColson and become a member of Agent Colson's army. We're two thousand strong and growing every every day. We got so many new followers yesterday. So. Uh, Lanyards and badges are on the way. That's all I'm, I'm going to say to my my fellow uh, level 10s and my level 7s and all the people who uh, do so much for the Colson army. You need those lanyards to get through. Exactly. That's why they're that's why they're here. So, Adam, make sure to become a member. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, guys, th- those are all our plugs we have for the podcast, and you know, some you know some of our friends outside the podcast, uh, great supporters though. And we're gonna get to we're gonna go to the spoiler section. So, um, thank you so much for joining for the season premiere. And if you're not sticking sticking around for spoilers, I'm Anime Backed.
I'm Nikki Amy. And I'm Adam Holmes. And we will see you next time on the Helicarrier. Go dark. They must operate in the shadows. Shield's my life now. Shield is not. Just because you're director doesn't mean everything's on you. Yes, it does. Pulls them into the light. I'm going in. Negative. Do not engage. New Marvel's Agents of Shield. Next Tuesday at its new time, 9, 8 Central on ABC. And welcome back to the spoiler section of the Helicarrier podcast. Nikki Sally had to go, but uh, but yeah, you know you will hear again next week. You know she had something to do, uh, but uh, but yeah, Adam is still here, and we're gonna go through the spoilers for next week's episode of Shield. And Adam, you have the script in front of you uh, of uh, of Helicarrier episode one of season two. Uh, what is happening next week on Shield? Next week's episode is titled. Heavy is the head, and this is the official description that uh, Marvel sent out. And I quote, Hunted and running out of solutions, Coulson puts his team right in the line of fire in the hopes of saving them all. But with General Talbot, Hydra, and Creel all on the attack, can they possibly survive? Meanwhile, a mysterious doctor, played by Kyle McLaughlin, harbors some dangerous secrets that could destroy one of our core team members. Hmm. And uh, mysterious, m- mysterious indeed. And the guest starring in this episode is Kyle McClacken as a doctor. He's credited as a doctor, not Doctor Who, but and uh, we also have Agent Triplet. And and also returning to the show is Ruth Nega as Reina. That should be interesting. We're, we're also gonna meet, we're also gonna get to meet Mac McKenzie, Glenn Talbot again, Bakshi from uh, who was working for Hydra, uh, Carl Creel of course, and for some reason Idaho is back. Are we gonna? Yeah, see- I was a little surprised by that. I don't know if he's dead or not, but we might just see his body or something like that, or he is actually alive. We just mis- misread the situation. I think. It, it, if I remember right, Nikki said that she thought that he was alive. Yeah, I mean it's possible we that that only that happened in the last part of the episode. So maybe he's alive. Maybe he did bite the dust and he's appearing some other way. But we'll see. Yeah, and the thing that is so interesting about this is that we see we've seen we've seen images uh, for this episode too. It's on it's over at Marl.com. and Simmons is once again with 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 Fitz in his head apparently. But for some reason we see in, there's images of her and him and Mac. He's in the same room. Yeah, uh, I'm wondering if, you know, it's not going to be permanent, but I'm wondering if just for those first couple episodes, all we'll see of Simmons is just her, just the hallucination of her that uh, Fitz is seeing. So, you know, he sees her. So to him, if Mackenzie is in the room, then obviously Simmons is nearby. But, you know, because she's a hallucination, the thing, Mac doesn't see Yeah, her. that's true. The, the thing to me, though, is that... Now that we know that, that he was only seeing her in his head, the, the way I look at this image is that when I look at how she's standing and how she's looking, moving and so on, is that she never st- stands in front of um, 
fits. Uh, you know, she's, and she's not. She's never in front of uh, uh, of, of Mac. So she's like standing on the side of Fitz, putting you know he, she's like standing behind his shoulder and so on, indicating that this is all in his head, once again. So it is very interesting of what's going on, and um, and you know it's we don't see Lucy Lawless in the promo. It, it's a very quick promo. We see that Melinda, you know, she's riding a motorbike, uh, and um, I do think we see a quick shot of the Quinjet that he got. We didn't even talk about that. Holy f. Um, the Quinjet, yeah, it was, um, that was fun to see that they have. Quite the highest, quite the highest. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, it, we don't know much about this episode, but every journalist I've, that I've seen on Twitter that had, that saw the, the second episode last night, they are, they're not able to say anything, but they're raving about it. They're like, it's really good. Uh, one of my friends, actually, she wrote back to me and said um, that uh, if you loved episode one, then wait until you see episode two. And that definitely gets me poor, more pumped up for next week's episode, knowing that these critics enjoyed it. Yeah, and you know, that's the thing, like, you know, look, because critics, they were, there were a lot of harsh critics towards um, S.H.I.E.L.D. first last season, and... Um, but you know, at the same time, like you know, it's it it makes me happy to see that they are so excited. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if if next week's episode is as good as they say uh, they say it is, then we're in for a real treat. Yeah, and uh, what what do you, what are you excited to see in next week's episode? I'm interested to see how they introduce Kyle McLaughlin's Doctor character, because you know, obviously. Uh, Daniel Whitehall is being set up as a main villain for this season, but I'm just curious what kind of role that uh, McLaughlin is playing in this season. Yeah, it's. I want. It's, it's very, like I said, it's very mysterious. Yeah, one thing I have no idea if um, if uh, if he is going to be bad. That's my question, but uh, it's gonna. You'll be interested to see what's going to happen, and. Um, I'm I'm wondering what he's gonna look like, because we saw him in the season finale briefly with you know bloody hands and stuff. So, which by the way, and I mean again, this is the spoiler section. So yeah, you can you, can, you yeah you can speculation spoilers whatever you know. But if I remember correctly, this doctor is also isn't he Sky's dad? Yeah, I just said that. Yeah, so I mean. Obviously, they were having just a random guy play him in the season finale, but yeah, I don't think they're going to adjust his appearance too much. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's going to be it's going to be weird seeing how he's you know just his further connections with the rest of this Shield universe. Yeah, I'm just glad he's part of the MCU. That's so cool. He's such a great actor. He is. But I think that's going to wrap up our. Spoiler discussion because we don't know much what's going on. So, um, which yeah. frankly is a relief. I mean, it's cool not to know everything. We want to know. We yeah, we want to be kept in kept yeah. out of the like the Lucy Laws and, and Simmons thing. Yeah, th- that she wasn't really there and that she that he yeah 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 that she died and that Harley died. We're gonna put that in quotation marks for now. Yeah, I'm oh, I'm so confused. But uh, but Adam, thank you so much for coming on. Who, who knows? Maybe we'll see you again. Uh, this season, uh, you fit in where quite well in here. Uh, although you, you you did drop 
uh, a, uh, a soda on the floor in my helicarrier. So, um, we I'm have sorry, a... I'll pay for the carpet cleaning. Yeah, you, we're going to have a serious discussion about it. But guys, thank you so much for joining us on the season premiere of Helicarrier Season 2. We're going to see you next week. So, until then, take care.